This podcast is produced by Unedited. Before we jump into this week's episode, I just want to let you know about my free ebook, Daily Positive, which you can download right now. I've written this book because I'm dedicated to help you make 2019 your best year ever. Daily Positive is filled with my own personal experiences battling with depression and heavy anxiety and some of the practices that help me get rid of those thoughts and feelings. It's written to help you build and maintain a more positive mindset for yourself to make this the best year you can have. In it, you can expect to learn the importance of self-awareness, how adding just 1% value to your days can really benefit in the long run, how to rediscover your inner self, why happiness only comes from within, and it's also packed with some practical exercises that you can do for yourself. So to get your copy, simply head to thedreamersdisease.co.uk forward slash ebook and download it for free right now. That's thedreamersdisease.co.uk forward slash ebook. Hello dreamers and welcome to The Dreamers Disease with myself Alex Manzi and this is the podcast where we aim to inspire you to become the best version of yourself through hearing the stories of inspirational people who are really out in the world following their dreams and passions because I believe that it's the disease of dreaming and not doing that causes us to live unhappy lives. So we try to gain some wisdom and motivation and learn from the life lessons really of every guest. So on this week's episode I'm joined by Hayden Elliott who is the co-owner of F45 Oxford Circus which is a gym franchise and he's also the host of of the inspiration space podcast and during this conversation we you know we went on and on and on to be honest but we spoke about a lot of things particularly Hayden's journey with depression and the one bit of advice that his dad gave him at the time we spoke about why he looks for learning in every failure how he managed to get started with his own podcast which started around the same sort of time as I started dreamers disease we discussed the books that changed both of our lives the subtleties between exhaustion and depression and he's also got some hilarious stories from when he opened the F45 franchise in Oxford Circus. So the eagle-eyed of you may have noticed that this episode is actually a little bit longer than normal. And that's because essentially me and Hayden interviewed each other because this episode's going to go out on both of our podcasts. We were going to do it in two parts. So I interviewed him, and then he would interview me. But in the end, we just had one massive conversation. So it sort of chops and changes between him asking me questions, me asking him questions. So it's kind of like getting two episodes in one. So I want to thank you before we jump in for listening to this episode. Please make sure you do subscribe, leave a review, and also take a screenshot of you listening to this and tag both me at I am Alex Manzi and Hayden at Hayden.Elliot on Instagram on your Insta story so we can both connect with you there because I love, love, love having conversations with you guys on Instagram. But right now, let's jump straight in and hear Hayden's story. Hello, bonjour. How's it going? Good, mate. Good. <laughs> Lovely Sunday setup here on your couch. Yeah, cozy Sunday. Yeah. So we, we see, we see how how long and far we go with the yeah, conversations. Yeah. I'm looking forward to. Thanks it. very much for having me on. No worries, man. Pleasure, First time I've been interviewed. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, fantastic. It's even better then. You're stuck in. Um, so <laughs> we got put in contact by a mutual friend in uh, Sana. So that's right. Yeah. yeah, she hit me up saying, "Right, you need to," because you know we'll delve further into it. But you run the F45. Oxford Circus gym. Correct. Yeah, yeah. She works as one of the PTs, and she was like, "You need to get my po- uh, boss on the podcast. He's got yeah. his own podcast." And da 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 da. And we, you know, we've been chatting and trying to make it happen mm. for a couple months, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And then we randomly bumped into each other one day. Yeah, and that was yeah. so funny. <laughs> that was so funny. I was, I was like, like <laughs> I was, I was, I was like, I'm completely my own little world. And then I, I saw. I, did you see me first? Yeah, I saw you, and I thought oh, that looks a bit like that Hayden guy. <laughs> 
And I was like, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. And then I heard the voice and I was like, okay, I've listened to enough of like, your interviews <laughs> yeah. now to know that it's definitely you. And so my scooter that, as well. Yeah, that was right. And I was at the counter paying and I was like, <laughs> is it definitely him? <laughs> and I was just like, mate, are you Hayden? <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. In a, was we so were in funny. a stationary shop. Yeah, that's right. The exciting yeah, lives yeah, that we yeah. live. Where were Because you weren't around the corner. Now. Yeah, yeah, I was at the, yeah, the time. At um, the time. So, yeah, man. But, so... To give people some context about yourself, sure. can you let the people know who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. So my name's Hayden Elliott. I am the co-owner operator of F45 Oxford Circus and also co-host, uh, well, not co-host, well, it's, it's my podcast. It's called The Inspiration Space, um, which basically does something relatively similar, I would say, to The Dreams Disease, mm. uh, where, where I kind of interview people that I view as inspirational and I've got a story that could really provide benefit to others. Um, so as an individual in my early 20s and something that one of the main things I would love to talk about today is is the difficulty of your early 20s and really finding that direction. So that's why I started the inspiration space. And I, I think that the people I bring onto the show can add value uh, to, to people that are looking for that direction mm. and, and trying to find inspiration for their own lives because it's very, very, very easy to get stuck in a rut and beat yourself up to a pulp and uh, it's something that I think can easily be avoided um, yeah. simply by listening to the stories and, and uh, perceptions of the world that these people have. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much um, for now a, a sort of brief thing about yeah. who I am. Um, it's been one hell of a fucking journey to, to get um, where I am and, you know, at the moment... I'm loving the direction my life is is going in. Um, and I feel finally like I have a purpose. Of a, I'm fulfilling what I want to really be doing at this yeah. stage of my life. But you know, it's it's not. People think that it's easy to get there, and and yeah. you know, it, it's it's not. I mean, yeah, it takes a lot of like yeah. self discovery, and I know you know particularly from your story and mm. from my story, mm. and it's you know it's not the case of everyone. Don't get me wrong, and you don't have to go through like a real down kind of depression moment and a. A breakdown moment but from that you know as, as they say the phoenix rises from the fire or yeah. whatever is is kind of what's happened for both of us yeah, um yeah. which is quite interesting because i feel like you know it, obviously when you're in that space it's really really tough don't get me wrong like it's really tough like you you, you can't and you don't know a way out and I was, I was having a conversation with my friends about this yesterday trying to explain like you don't know the way out you know there's a way out but you don't know the way out and you don't mm. know the cause of it because you're too numb to kind of mm. almost realise that it's happening in a way. It's so hard to describe that to someone, mm. I found. Like, absolutely, you just, you just nailed that. I mean, it's like, you don't understand why it's happening. All you know is that you're going 12 rounds with yourself every day. Mm. And it's like, you're almost too tired to, at points, to, to try and figure out a solution. So you become passive because you're so numb like you mm. said um and yeah i think you're right i mean not everybody has to go through it to be a success but a lot of people go through that um and i think it's only now and recently that people have like okay speaking about these feelings and i think it's it's through podcasts like what we're doing and you know this whole uh mental health scene that started to pop up now mm. i mean thank god because yeah. you know how many lives are changing because of it yeah yeah and, and it's needed man it's it is so needed. so needed and i think that's what i took which which i love about your podcast and, and i've sort of whenever i've heard you speaking um i've i've really ref i felt very simple you know mm. that's why i feel so comfortable talking to you mm. today is that you you've got such a fantastic honesty and self-awareness about about it and about your life and your journey um you're not trying to hide and say that 
you know, your life's been perfect and, you know, you've had all the answers the whole way. And mm. I think that's such a unique skill to be able to have. Yeah. And do you know what? The, it's really interesting, right? Because I always reflect on it in the mm. fact that from the outside, mm. like my life might have looked perfect in, in inverted commas because, you know, I've been brought up, you know, in a, in a, in a family environment, it's been fairly comfortable. You know, it hasn't been a struggle by any means. Like, mm. you know, mm. some people have had to face and it's not been very lavish like some people so it's been you know a fairly comfortable you know we, we always went on nice holidays mm. you know always had nice family around and I always got through my kind of life and career and had good good jobs I had my own car like everything was very, you know girlfriends and you know everything that you paint a picture of like a perfect life but that wasn't the story inside and I think that's a lot of the problem is like we put a lot of onus on this kind of external world and these material factors in our lives to to dictate happiness, but yeah. it doesn't actually do that. And I saw, uh, so my friend Megan, who's been on the podcast a couple of times, she, uh, she tweeted something yesterday saying, that saying, I'll cry in a Mercedes, is all well and good until you're actually in that position, position suffering with things that mon- money can't fix. You'll be parked up on a busy street with onlookers admiring your car, or you cry for internal peace and someone who cares. And it's the fact of like, people saying that money can't buy happiness and then the response is, I'd rather be crying in a Mercedes. And it's like, well, that doesn't buy you happiness for that exact reason. You know, you know people might be looking at you going, oh, what a fantastic life. Mm. But mm. inside you're, you're crying out for 100%. some sort of help. I absolutely. And, and I don't know, I think from what I've listened to you in the past is, is like you said, like, I'm very similar. I've had, I'm, I, and one thing I want to make very apparent is that I am so thankful for my family of friends mm. and my gratitude is so high yeah um and i think actually when i was going through my dark times that was something that kind of added on to me i almost felt selfish for feeling that way because what nothing really had gone wrong in my life to in the grand scheme and context of the world but i was feeling like this and um when i look back now and, and when i've listened to your story briefly um through your podcast and all this kind of it's the, the 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 missing element of a real purpose and fulfillment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that was what was missing. Mm. That was what was missing because everything else was fine. Like like you said, I had a girlfriend, lovely, beautiful, attractive girlfriend. I had great friends, and on the surface, I was Mister Bubbly character, and I everyone kind of expected that of me. But it was the one thing that was missing. Is I just didn't have that purpose and something that made me fulfilled. Mm. And I know that maybe can sound like such a cliche and such a thrown away term but it's so important mm. my god it's so important like having that reason to wake up every single day and feel proud of what you're doing yeah i know it's selfish to an extent but it's so important so i mean i'd love to hear a bit about uh, your earliest kind of childhood and uh, and yeah. yeah like a bit of background kind of what's led you into the journey yeah. that you've taken on so my early childhood so like i said man fairly normal in inverted commas upbringing you know Mum, dad, sister, mm. um, did a lot of stuff together, holidays, you know, you know, went on nice holidays, lived in a fairly decent house, you know, nice area, went to a good school, like nothing, nothing really out of the ordinary, loved playing football, mm. did a lot of like sports stuff as a kid, like mm. I think I was doing trampolining when I was really young, I've done athletics, uh, football was obviously the main one for like years and years and years, mm. um, got through school, didn't really enjoy school. Um, I've always been quite open about that you know it wasn't really for me maybe because of the way the school system teaches mm. um, versus the way that I, I like to learn or I've started to understand the way I like to learn um, and that was it man and I got to I got to a stage where like 
having spent my whole life trying to like do things to to please other people and not like on purpose mm. we're kind of told aren't we in a way like you have to go through this journey of life to reach success or happiness and you kind of follow this path that you're told of like you know straight down the line go to school then you go to secondary school then you do your a levels and then you go to uni and then you come out of uni and you get so your linear. your graduate job and yeah. it's so it's such a straight line yeah and it just wasn't like that for me and i i think i've said it before in an interview where for me looking back one of the biggest decisions i ever made in my life and quite been quite self-aware about probably realizing it was deciding not to go to uni I remember I had to sit with my parents and say, look, I've decided I don't want to go to uni. And they really wanted me to. And particularly my mum. And, and and I was like, I just don't feel like, A, there's something I want to study enough to go to uni. And B, I feel like if I do go, it's just going to be a waste of money. Because really and truly, like my mum and dad probably would have been able to cover the fees if need be. Like I wouldn't, have, you know, I would have had some sort of student loan, don't get me wrong, but they would have, put as much as they could have to help me yeah. in a way because that's what my mom and dad are like they're yeah. very given in that way and I just said like it's going to be a waste of money for you because I'm not gonna go and study and work hard I'm probably not going to come out with a first or a, I don't even know the system two one or yeah. two whatever it is um so I'd rather just go straight into work and that and that was that was it and it was like they were like okay fine like just make sure you you know get a good job then <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. so that was the next step is you're then trying to find a job that you don't know what you want, but you're trying to manufacture a kind of position somewhere to kind yeah. of please this kind of system. system. And it's mm. just like, and that's for me where everything started to, to spiral without realizing it. Mm. And I think for me, that was a really important thing is that when I did start to spiral, it started off with something really meaningless, like, you know, not having a job that I, that I wanted or, mm. or knew that I wanted or enjoyed, or I wouldn't say even say enjoyed that kind of, I was really passionate about. Yeah. It's, I can't. It's weird because I can't really. Meant that you were providing value to the planet. Yeah, exactly. And but I, I didn't realize that's what I wanted to do. Mm. Do you see what I mean? So it was more. It was just something really small like that, and it and over the years it just spiraled, spiraled. Well, I spiraled, spiraled, and spiraled further down and deeper and darker into this really yeah. grey space of yeah. just like numbness. It's the only way I can describe it is like just feeling numb. And for me, it was really like. I got to a point where I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like, mm. I, don't, I just, just, that was where it. Where do I go from here? Yeah. And yeah. it just, I just hit like a, a moment. And it was just like complete breakdown, mm. um, which was with a girlfriend I was with at the time. Mm. And that was kind of like the realization moment. That was a where, kind where, of. Where, where were you at this point in your career? I mean, so I was, I was. Because uh, I know you, you, so you didn't go to uni. Uh, which yeah. Uni is something I really want to come back to and talk yeah. about. But. You, you then went around a couple of different jobs and yeah, then you yeah. kind of got something more secure that yeah. you thought was, you know, a good job at the time, but it was actually making you worse yeah. and worse and worse. Yeah, yeah so I was, in, I, was in that, I was working in advertising at the time as an assistant TV producer. Right. And again, you know, you look at that and go, great job. I was yeah. on fairly good money mm -hmm. for someone who had little experience in that world. Mm. Um, I was 25, I think, at the time, 24 maybe. Mm. Um again outwardly everything looked great you know yeah, i was doing you know i was coaching the kids football team i was doing all this stuff mm. and had you know like i said earlier not you know my own car I was still living with my parents or whatever um but it just wasn't i just felt like i'd lost the sense of like me and who i was and that sense of like 
person yeah and who i knew who i knew like mm. and like really knew who i was inside but i couldn't get feel i couldn't get it out mm. and it got to this point where i just had this breakdown in front of my girlfriend and it was like i said realization and it was like the moment of like you know everything just went from like this intense feeling of like just talk mm. us through it talk us through the actual do you mind talking about it? what the the actual experience with well, your girlfriend oh yeah we just i mean it was nothing again yeah. it was nothing it was um we were having an argument just you know we were going back and forth you know mm. a fair bit because obviously you know the relationship was understandably on the rocks because mm. of where i was and you know probably where, where she was as well um and it was nothing we were in her room i was sat on the bed she was sat at her makeup counter i, I can't even remember what we were having an argument about to be yeah, honest yeah, yeah. that was not even the point and she, she was just arguing 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 um, and I was like, you know, like I said, we're going back and forth. And then she just kept saying, why aren't you saying anything? Why aren't you saying anything? Why aren't you saying anything? And I just like, well, I didn't realize, <laughs> and it sounds so bizarre, like I didn't realize I wasn't saying anything back to her because I was having <laughs> the argument in my own head. So right. in my head, I was responding to her. Mm. But in fact, I wasn't actually saying anything. Mm. It was this weird experience out of body. like, he, yeah, I wouldn't even say out of body. I just like wasn't present. Wow. Probably. Um, and she kept saying, why aren't you saying anything? Why aren't you saying anything? And I just looked at her and I just burst into tears. And I just flopped back on the bed crying. And she was like, what's wrong? Well, like, it went from like having yeah, a go at me yeah. to being really like, oh my God, what's wrong? Exactly. And literally all, all I could say to her was, I don't feel like me. I don't feel like me over and over again. And she was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I was like, I just don't feel like me anymore. Like, I was just crying. And it was just like, it was tears of relief tears of like all of the kind of years of holding everything back. It was like a bit of everything. And it was, I, mean, I wouldn't say I felt great straight away yeah. by no means. I, you know, I probably, felt, I probably felt even worse. It was like I felt I'd fallen even deeper than I ever thought. Um, and it just kind of, yeah. But that was, like you said, the starting point. That's where, that, I always describe it as like, that's the moment where I ha I, everything got stripped back. And it was almost like... The baggage had been released almost. Everything. Yeah. And I was almost like, yeah, you yeah. know, a naked young boy again, yeah. trying to then mm. work out my place in this world. And mm. that's kind of how it felt. What age was that? Like 25. 25. It's interesting, isn't that? That mid-20s. Quarter life crisis, isn't it? It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. like, but it is so common. Yeah. It's so, so common. And like, people that... I just know so many people that I'm just expecting it from yeah. at some point. Yeah. Because they know it's not dealing with that. They're like all the stresses and all the, the pressures that society mm. place on us throughout those years. And they just never really dealt with it. And I'm just expecting at some point it's yeah. just going to come down fucking yeah. tons of bricks. Yeah. It? And it's weird because it's like, it's, I feel it's kind of like those, you know, you've gone through your formative years. Mm. You've got, that's the kind of years where if you've gone to uni, you've just come out of uni and you really are like in the real world now really are in the mm. real world and if you're not in the place that mm. you should be or you're meant to be mm. i find that a lot of people in that sort of 25 to 30 kind of age mm. you know gap there that five-year window they, yeah, a lot of people get hit by a lot of stuff dude i mean yeah it's, it was um well returning back to the whole topic of uni i mean school I completely agree with you yeah because you you had a very similar kind of like yeah, experience so, didn't you so similar like I should never have gone to uni. Mm. Like, I wish I'd have had the perspective that you had, mate, like, because it was a fucking gigantic waste of money. Mm. I didn't learn anything when I got pissed, mm. when I got what, involved. What in, uh, uni did you go to? I talked to Brooks. Did you study? I, I did international hospitality management, which yeah. was actually, of course, it was actually great for me because I got to 
do a lot of the things I actually was good at. And I found, I mean, I got to work in kitchens. I went and did a placement for a year in central London where I was a chef. I was a, you know, worked in the bar. I got to interact with people, which has always been my, my biggest quality. Um, was that something that you wanted to kind of Well, pursue? yeah, it was always something that interested me, but uh, I just, my focus was never there. You know, I was always looking for the, the next night out or I know I just, I was lost. I just didn't have that kind of, something that I wanted to work towards. I should have gone into the working world. Mm. I just should have done it. Because if I'd have done that, well, I, look, at the end of the day, I'm a big believer in saying, like everything that happens, happens for a reason. Like God knows I probably wouldn't be in the situation I was today. Mm. Because my failures at university are probably what's driven me, actually, yeah. over the last two years. I came out with a, with a not good degree because I didn't work hard enough. And actually looking back at that now, that's what drives me. Mm. Because what spiraled my depression majorly after university was the fact really that I didn't get the, the result that society expected me to get. Yeah. And I felt like a failure and any situation where something didn't go my way, I would look at that and be like, well, you are a failure because mm. you didn't get this because all well, your mates have got two ones and now they're in good jobs. So everything that went wrong and didn't go my way or why my life wasn't going in the direction was because of that result. So for that, I have a huge resentment towards university. But having said that as well, I could have changed the outcome yeah. if, if I'd have been more engaged. And at the same time, I look back at that now and it's, it's been a massive learning experience for me. Um, but I, do, I don't think the university is is something that everyone should do. I mm. like. I just don't think it is. I think there are so many more life skills that you can you don't learn from university. Like no one teaches you about communication you know, the importance of communication, you know, nobody talks you to you really about um, just general life, things that you should, you should uh, be able to do, you know, Harvard referencing. What is that going to, for me personally, that's not going to provide any, 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 any yeah. value, you know, like I didn't agree with it. Like I just, I just didn't, you know, i I saw people on my course getting great results, mainly because they were throwing themselves into the course, but they were, they were favoured heavily by mm. the lecturers and all this kind of stuff. And because yeah. I wasn't, I did it, you know, I wasn't engaged in it. You know, I got looked down upon. I never got helped. I never got, which in a way was deserved. Because if you throw yourself into something, you're going to get more out of it. But I was just a tremendously resentful young man throughout the whole experience. And mm. if I, if there's one thing I could have changed, and I'm not really someone that says, you know, you should you should, you know, go back and wish you hadn't done this because failure is, is such an important, um, I mean, the whole, the whole aspect of failure is something that I find fascinating now and I'm sure we'll speak about it in a minute, but I just think university isn't for everyone. Yeah. And, I, and I think anyone listening to this is going through that shouldn't, I'm not saying don't go. Yeah. I'm not saying don't go because it does, depending on the, the industry you want to get into, I think it has, it can have value, but really think about it. Don't just do it because everyone's doing it. Do you know what mm. I mean? I think like I've always said, and this is how I explain it to my parents as well, is like, if you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, uh, yeah. you know, architect, uh, yeah. you know, there's there's certain definitive, mm. you know, property, you there's certain go. definitive mm. routes that you have to go through to, to, mm. to go to uni to do the job that you want to end up mm. doing in a certain areas. But it's like, if you're going to uni just as an, another like three or four year distraction from like real life, you're not or really, just because society's telling you yeah, that's the, the natural yeah. step. Yeah, you're not really addressing anything. You're just running away from it. So you, it's just going to hit you even harder in, you know, once you do leave uni 100%. and you don't get the results and you don't, 
you know so so for you like what why why do you think that you had that lack of engagement and focus while you were there um mate in all honesty i was just a sport little shit it like that is that's mm. the outcome like i nothing had gone wrong in my life like at all so i went to primary school I, I come from a relatively wealthy background my father's a producer in the west end my biggest hero like uh, i mean his work ethic is something that is my biggest inspiration um he'd done very well for himself he brought himself up nothing my mother's a fantastic woman um so that was very i was very lucky with my upbringing went to a great primary school um was always very sporty went to secondary school which was probably the best five years of my life like i mean in terms of educationally like i didn't really get amazing value out of anything i was taught really i probably don't remember any of it now but mm. the experience was unbelievable like i i, I if anything my my communication skills were developed there hugely. Mm. Um, I was always relatively good at, you know, interacting with people, but that took me to the next level. Um, I picked up friends for life there. Uh, I met, you know, I learned how to talk to girls there, you know, mm. it, that element from that side of things, I wouldn't have changed anything for the world. Yeah. Um, and I more kind like, more like kind of life skills skill, in yeah. a way, rather than actual, the educational yeah. value. Yeah. I mean, not even life mm. school. I just think in terms of communication, mm. like, ha- like, like how to, just how to be in social situations. Like I, I, like I've learned a hell of a lot there through through the people that I met there. Because I'm a big I'm a big believer that you learn so much of people you surround yourself with. Mm. And I'm very fortunate that all my best mates are huge characters. And they, I mean, I, I own a business with one. You know, Tristan is he's my best friend and business partner. You know, I learn shit ton of him every day. You know, three or four or five other of my friends I learn stuff from, and I've and I've been with them since since secondary school. So in that way, I didn't get the most out of university and I kind of felt a sense of entitlement in a, in a mm. way, you know, like, a, oh, I'm just ju- showing, showing up is enough. Yeah. Showing up is enough. And now when I look at it and the way I have viewed the, the world for the last 24 months is showing up is not enough. Mm. It's not enough. You have to give value in the situations in every, in every situation. You know, I think in, in a working environment, in a in a you know social environment, you should you should be you should be present. And I think you've mentioned that mm. showing up's not good enough. Showing up, and I think that was my biggest mistake at uni. Um, and like I've learned from it, you know. So yeah. in that way, it is a in a, in a way you could say like I've never really thought of it actually like this, but you know, in a way, it's yeah potentially a good thing that I did get. So then, when you left uni, what was the kind of <coughs> next thing for you, and how did you end up on that kind of? downward spiral um so i i went to i, I did my pt qualification because health and fitness has been a massive aspect of my life um it's always been the thing that you can i've always been able to return to you know because you can control your health and fitness mm. you know you can doesn't matter what people say you can that's your personal decision so that's why i've always loved it because it makes you feel good and it's a fundamental that is always there and i can always fall back on to make to feel better so I went to health for did PT for qualification which was great um, I went to PT in pure gym and acting so I was there for 12 months um, and I love what I did I, lo- I loved it because you know I love teaching people about it but inside my personal life wasn't great you know I was going out too much partying too much with the wrong people doing the wrong kind of things yeah. and it I felt like I was contradicting and I didn't feel the full fulfillment and I was alone a lot, which is 
not always great for, for when you're in that headspace. Mm. You know, in my car, to and from sessions, teaching people, you know, one-on-one, which I did love, but then I'd be, that's only an hour of your time, you know, so in and out of that. Um, and, I, and I just wasn't feeling full fulfillment. I wasn't happy with where, where I was. So I left um, and worked for a theat- theatrical merchandise company in events, which was just a terrible idea because I had no passion or drive for it. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, so that's, I slowly just got spiraled worse and worse and worse and worse. And you talk about that moment with your girlfriend. I, I had that at the end of 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, it's very similar what you like, that numbness, like, I mean, mine, I was sitting on the couch with my parents, slumped, and they looking at me concerned, and I just couldn't physically get a word out. It was mm. fucking mad. Like, mad. Like, it was the weirdest feeling. Mm. I, How would you describe the feeling? Um, It was like, because with me, like, I overanalyze and think, overthink everything back back then, like, a lot more, not not so much anymore. But I do, actually, to, to, to an extent, still do it. But I'm, a be- I'm in a better headspace. So... I would just go 12 rounds myself, <laughs> like constantly, which affected everything in my life. The ability to do small things like follow a basic task or do a basic, tick something off my to-do list because my mind would constantly be telling me that you were, you're, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. How would they do this? Like you're a failure. Mm. Who's they? As in, sorry, as in like my friends, my family, like just the they, yeah, the the yeah, everybody else, um, which is which is crazy, Mm. but it happens, you know, to people. It's very common, um, and I just got home one day and I and I just didn't have anything in the tank. Mm. I couldn't speak to my family, Mm. and that was it. That was my moment, like Mm. you, where you know. I had cried to myself in company by myself. Um, but that was my equivalent of falling back onto the bed. So it's really interesting because yeah. I never had that like by cry, yourself. cry to myself thing. Mm. I I would just literally hold, hold it in, in and just yeah. like, you know. But that must have been worse than extent yeah, for you. Like, probably. I mean, like, how did you, did you journal? Did you do anything? Nothing. nothing. So you just constantly. Just, I was, I was literally like, when I say numb, I mean it in like every sense of the word, like numb of emotion, not completely like, closed book completely closed probably wow. numb of like my social skills numb of my like you know i'd like to think i've got a fairly decent sense of humor yeah you know numb just numb and just i just felt like how long was that for oh man years but it, like i said it, it gradually built up it's it probably started in all seriousness um when i was around 2009 so i would have been three years out of school. So I would have been 21, 22. Cause I remember working in a job in a factory and it, it gets like the weekend and I just wouldn't want to do anything. I just wouldn't want to go out. I wouldn't want to, I'd always be tired. I wouldn't want to see my friends. I'd want to, I'd be like, I oh, just come to mind and chill. Like I would watch a you know, TV or the football mm. or a film or I wouldn't want to do but, much. Even like I had, I had a different girlfriend at the time. Mm. Again, it was like, I didn't even want to go out with her I just be like oh, let's just chill at yours tonight and watch film or I just I didn't I just felt drained and that initial feeling just slowly got worse but it became more like internal in a way um so yeah it's just it's did just, anyone pick you up on it was anyone asking you about it was not it, really like, I remember like my mum people just think that was the way you were 
yeah like my mum would be like oh why are you always tired and you know looking at the kind of physical kind of traits of it and my friends like vaguely but nothing like sit, no one would sit me down and be like are you okay like what's going on mm. it was more like you know go for a blood test to see if you've got like some mm. sort of you know condition or i don't know whatever mm. yeah so it was, it was really like yeah it just felt it was a very like like i said a numb lonely place and it's just like i, I just bottled everything up um but yeah sorry so to, to continue you so you had this moment with your parents. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that, that was it. I mean, it was similar to you. Mm. And yeah. was was this a moment of like, had you kind of realised and acknowledged where you were and what you were putting yourself through? Or was this the moment where you realised? I, I was, I, yeah, I knew, I knew there was something wrong. Mm. I knew something had to change. And I think, luckily, I think there are a lot of people that don't have, I think one thing I would like to say about myself is, after university, my self-awareness got better and better. And thank God I had that, you know. I don't think everybody who goes through these actually has a self-awareness mm. um, to be able to realise that something has to change. And that's when it can get really bad. Mm. So, yeah, I did have self-awareness, but I just was so passive, mate. I was so passive. And instead of dealing with it, I would go out with my mates mm. and be Mr. Happy Larry and, you know, Mr. Bubbly and everyone come to you for a bit of fun and, you know... That was the worst thing I could do. Um, so I just, just kept on avoiding, you know, just being passive. Mm. Um, and that was it. I mean, that was the turning moment. Um, and my dad, thank God, you know, I never had to look far for an inspiration because, you know, he's just my be all and end all. But he, um, he just said, you've just got to start. You've just got to start. That's all he said. And I was like, fuck does that mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Stop what? Well, yeah. What, yeah. I mean, that is unhelpful actually to somebody at yeah. that. But the more I thought about it, I was like, fine. Okay. I've got to start. And for me, that just meant let's just, let's just start making small decisions every day mm. to help you on that road. Mm. So I decided to go speak to somebody. So I went to speak to a psychotherapist a guy called Justin Parker and just speaking about it more. You know, the first session I had with him, I broke down completely, you know, just being fed up of the guy that I was to everybody else, mm. even though I wasn't happy with myself. And then the ball started rolling. So the ball started rolling, um, speaking to him. And then I would start, I, I meditated for the first time off the back of my, the guy that I used to train online with, a guy called Luke Hayslett. He mm. was like, you just got to do this. I you know because he, he, I knew he suffered with a bit of mental stuff back in the day. Um, he, he recommended this stuff called Brainwave Technology Institute, Brainwave Institution. And it's basically like, uh, deals all I don't really know too much about it, so I don't want to endorse a product without having the knowledge, but I know it worked for me. So it basically yeah. deals with all the, the different energy systems, the sort of different brainwaves in your, in your brain. I think it's gamma and all these kind of things. Yeah. Um, and I, and I listened to it a couple of nights and run it. And then I just get this, this got this crazy clarity. And I came up with the idea of doing a podcast mm. for my old job. I used to work for Pure Gym and they're okay. the biggest uh, gym franchise in the UK. I mean, they got an outreach of, you know, upwards of 10 million people. Really? Wow. Well, probably something, something along those lines. It's a massive, yeah, yeah. massive they're budget. Everywhere. Massive, yeah, yeah, massive budget gym. So I was like, it'd be a great idea <laughs> to do a podcast for them. You know, be a host for them. You get loads of people on, you can have it in the gym, you know, they can in, they can endorse products through it. Blah, blah, blah. It's actually quite a smart idea. I, I, I still think they should do it. <laughs> anyway, I went to this guy and, and I told him about it. He was like, yeah, 
It's a great idea. But what you did, why don't you do something? Why don't mm. you believe in yourself? Why don't you do this? And I was like, don't be stupid. I haven't got the ability to do that. I'm useless. Mm. You know, I'm, I have, you know, I don't, I'm not, you know, in my own head. And I thought about it a little bit more and I was like, fuck it. And then that was the point. I was like, fuck it. Let's just start. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's it. Let's just start. Let's just, let's just do something. And I don't know why, but I just stopped caring what everyone thought. I was like, if I don't do it now, then it's never going to happen. Mm. You're 24 years old, mid-20s again. Yeah. Funny, isn't it? Mm. Mid-20s. Let's just start. Let's just see where it goes. There's no harm in trying. If you f And then that was when my perception of failure changed. And I know, and I'd love to hear your output on it. Failure. Mm. I mean, it's such a big thing. Yeah. Like your perception of failure is exactly how I view. I mean, talk to me about your perception of failure. Yeah, so I think, so I'm very, I guess, fortunate in a way that like having played a lot of sports, like mm. football, like I said, mainly, mm. I was I was never the best player in the team. Mm. Far from it. I was never the most talented. I was never, you know, the star player. I was mm. never, you know, the first one on the team sheet and all mm. that sort of stuff. But I worked hard in training to mm. to make myself better to try and keep up to prove to people that I deserve to be in because my dad used to be one of the managers of the team so I almost felt like I had to yeah. work outwork everyone else to prove that I would actually deserve the spot mm. and what I learned through one of my coaches a guy called Danny O'Callaghan at the time he he would always say and it's a, it's a famous uh, quote in general now, but I didn't notice at the time, was like, we learn more from our losses than we do when we win. We learn more about ourselves. So I always had that kind of grounding and foundation with facing failure that you learn from it, but only from a sporting point of view. When you look, start to look at it from a kind of life point of view and work and school and all this sort of stuff. Like I left school with A-levels of DEU, like, that's failure to the school system. Mm. But, you know, I've done all right off the back of that, yeah. to be fair, like work-wise and, you know, and it, it doesn't mean it's brought me happiness, mm. but in terms of like the system that people put in place and the onus they put on failure, like failure is nothing because it makes you stronger. Like, And I believe that like you do learn more from your losses than you do, you know, from, from your successes. And I joked about the kind of, phoenix rising through the ashes thing mm. earlier but that, that's a very serious thing you know mm. that's down and out failure you know however you want to look at it like the lowest of the low whatever but something will always rise from that what? and it's like it's just i think there's just a a, a perception of and it's funny because before we start this interview we was mm. watching sky sports news was on chisora and chisora yeah. this, so as of recording it's a day after the dylan white chisora fight and chisora said something about he got asked the question of, are you going to retire? And he said, why am I going to retire? Like, that's such a disease within our country that yeah. every time someone fails, you think they're going to retire. He's like, I'm, what, why? Like, I can come back stronger. And that, I, I was watching that. That's funny that. I thought that as well. Yeah. <laughs> is so, and it's so, like, it's so, so on point. True. It's so, so on point. And I feel like we put this onus on failure and it's like, for what? To make people feel bad. Why? Why are we making people feel bad about the things that they can't do or haven't done well at? Or like, in fact, we should... I think they should change that at the primary school level. Yeah. I mean, like, 
I think, think about it, okay? So the way we are as human beings, a lot of the time come from early experiences and how we perceive the world, right? Yeah. So if you change that at grassroots level, yeah, the perception of failure and what it can do, I don't know how they do it, but that that could that could change a lot mm. of people's a lot of people's lives mm. because shutting that down at such an early age and, and building up that perception of how failure is a bad thing is quite dangerous. Yeah, and I think it's it's, it's very it's very black and white. It's very mm. like binary in like mm. the school system because mm. it's like you pass your exams or you don't. Yeah, and it's no one ever sits you down and and says if you don't pass, like, yeah. okay, so how could you do yeah, better, yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. what have you learned, or it's yeah, like yeah. you're a failure. Yeah, yeah. Like next yeah. time you have to do better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next time you have to pass, otherwise you're going to be kicked mm. out of school mm. or whatever mm. it is. Mm. Not probably that extreme, but mm. you know. And whereas if you're a success and you pass your exams, you're mm. like, you know, yeah, I agree. Treated I differently, agree. and it's just like it's just mad. Just isn't the it? whole approach mm. to it. All right, this didn't happen the way you know. Didn't go right. You didn't get the best result here, but you know, you've got. X, Y, Z here, which you can work with. And I promise you, you'll sort mm. it all out. Mm. Put a whole different perception on the whole mm. thing. What's, what's the biggest lessons you've learned from some of your, <laughs> in inverted commas, failures in life? Um, it's a good question. Um, that, well, probably that, that failure is, that failures can really sort you out in a positive way. I mean, even now, like, it's funny, like, we have daily failures at the gym mm. which is my biggest accomplishment in life you know I've had some really things I'm very proud of but opening that gym which I'm sure we'll get onto and I'll tell you some stories about it later which will make you laugh but we have daily failures at the gym that now I'm not even joking I love mm. I love them I fucking love them because <laughs> means one that it's not going to happen again we'll learn. as long as you learn from your failures if you don't learn from your failures, that's when I get, that's, yeah. and that annoys me. If people don't mm. learn from their failures, if Where's they're passive the... on them, but if you're active on your failures yeah. and you learn from them constructively and you put uh, procedures into place so they don't happen again, yeah. then they're class. Yeah. Well, there's the famous uh, saying, isn't it? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, it's so true. It's like, why yeah. Yeah. haven't you learned the first time? Yeah, 100%. I mean, like, it's hysterical. Um, so now I think I think my biggest thing that I've learned, like you just asked me what's the biggest thing I've learned from my failures, is that do view them as a positive, but learn from them and 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 just move on. Don't let them don't let them suck you into that abyss and blame yourself or because there's so many external factors that happen in so many mistakes or failures. Mm. They're outside your control. So you just get up and get on with it. Mm. I mean you just have to, and like that's something that me and Tristan have had from day one. We've had this mentality where we're like, okay, this hasn't gone right, but let's just get up and get on with it. And you almost got to, you've got to, there's no culture around failure anymore in my life or influences. That's another thing I would say. There's influences. You can be close to people where failure, people have a very fixed mindset. Mm. I don't know if you, have you ever read Carol Dweck? Mindset. No, I've had a, this conversation on another episode of the podcast oh, recently. Mate. Oh, mate, that I is, know. that is that is the I'm gonna have to get it now. Oh, That's mate, twice. It's, 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 three, it's actually three times I've been recommended. It is, it's a great book. It is a great book because I know honestly, I actually never completely finished it. Mm. But the first um the first three or four chapters just separate two people. So you've got fixed mindset, you've got a growth mindset. So people with fixed mindset, I'm sure you've heard of it, so they've explained, but fixed mindset is somebody that's like 
the circumstances are completely rigid and fixed. So for example, if you're in a relationship where um, you're not having sex anymore, that's it. We don't have any attraction to any, we're not, we're not right for each other. Mm. We must end it or, you know, I'm not having an affair or well, whatever. Yeah. Growth mindset. Right. We're in a relationship and, you know, we're not having sex and, you know, we're not communicating very well. Okay. We need to see and talk to each other and realize how we can, how we can uh, make it better because you have to work at things in life mm. um, and you have to change and you have to adapt and da, 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 da. That's just using relationships as an example. Yeah, yeah. But that is true in every way. Every so sense, yeah. there are so many people with fixed mindsets out there that inhibit people who actually do have growth mindset. So like you could be in a group of friends and you may fuck up on a, like that's what the great thing about the podcast for me is that I had so many errors in the early days. Mm. And if I was surrounded by people with fixed mindsets, I maybe not have got so far. Yeah. But they'd be like, buddy, like, come on, like you're doing this. Nobody else is doing it. Why don't you just keep cracking on? Look, you made a mistake, big wolf. Get on with it. You know, yeah. Life doesn't end. So I can't remember what, you, what that was off the back of, but yeah, I mean, having a, I mean, that was it. Having a growth mindset off the back of failure is such a bloody mm impactful thing i think yeah i think like even the language around it like we shouldn't see them as like failures or losses it should be mm. like where's the growth what's the learning yeah. what's the yeah it should be an open-ended thing yeah. and not like a so fixed or closed yeah. off to like what it is face value because yeah. it's always so much more so much more so i want to know i really want to know off the back of that situation with your girlfriend mm -hmm. um you know, what were the steps you put into place similar to like kind of what I went through? I mean, were you passive for a long time off the back of it or did you, Man. were you active or? I was, so this, this happened in like, uh, this would have been around, let me get my timings right here. This would have been around like September, August, September, 2013. Mm. And in February, 2014, I started what was a dream job at the time mm. at One Extra, um, which is where I was managing the social media for, for BBC Radio That's One a Extra. Hell of a job. Great job, amazing yeah. job. And and this is off of the back of someone who and we haven't spoken about this here yet. I, I have previously, off the back of someone who from two thousand and ten onwards, me and my best mate, we had a music blog and we'd done everything to like promote this blog, to do club nights, build up network within the music industry. So to finally land a job in the music industry at what I would have seen as one of the best radio stations in the country running their social media was like, it ticked every box possible. Every box. Is music kind of like my health and fitness for you? Of, it was. Yeah. It was at the time, 100%. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was where I went to, but bar football. <laughs> that, <laughs> football is like above everything. <laughs> but above football, uh, so apart from football, Music was, I was so in it. Like it was a time in that period where probably right before I got the one extra job actually, where I was like more on like new music releases than some of the biggest like websites in the world. Like I would be so across everything. Like, I wouldn't miss a thing. I was just so on, like I was just so in the music world. I knew when to expect something drop in, when this thing was out when this person was doing a show. Like I just knew everything. I was just so in it. So that job was like an amazing opportunity. Mm. Um, and that, that kind of gave me this window of like, it snapped me out of that, that moment of like, Oh shit, I need to like learn about myself and, and, and grow. It snapped me out of it in the short term and probably gave me like six to nine months worth of like, 
I don't, I don't know what the word is like, like a one up. Do you know what I mean? Like an extra bit of life for six to second nine months. Wind. Yeah, like a second wind. But it, 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 what looking back on it, it was actually a distraction mm. because I wasn't fixing, fixing. I don't want to use the word fixing. I want to use the word. I wasn't accepting or acknowledging what growth I needed to go through personally. It was still a very outward, external, mm. materialistic thing in terms of a job. Mm. And I was having all these amazing opportunities for it, but it wasn't, you know, serving me on the inside still. But that nine-month window was like, oh, this is great. Da, da, da. And then the cycle came round again, not as deep. Drastic, yeah. Not as, yeah, not as drastic. It came back around of like, but what's next? What, mm. you know, what what am I doing? Like, what? where's We're my changing. life going? Yeah. What am I, you know, these all these questions started coming back in. And then over that following three you know no it was probably less than that but it was three and a half years until i then left one extra but over the following maybe like six months nine months again um i i started to try and do more realization and like discover more and it ended up with me i had two two clear moments i can remember right two clear moments was one i went on holiday to australia to see some family in 2000 and 15 16 christmas new year mm. um we went for a month because we went for so i got cousins out there two of the cousins were getting married one before christmas one after new year mm. so we went for like a four-week window to get the two weddings plus christmas plus new year which was amazing and obviously i wasn't working while i'm out i was out there and i was on holiday so you're obviously a bit more free but i just remember like every night i just wanted to go and watch the sunset Every night, I was like, oh, let's go watch the sunset at the beach. Let's go watch the sunset at the beach. Every night. We probably did it like 10 times in, in four weeks. But it was just something about the sun's going down and then it comes up again in the morning. It just felt really like refreshing. And I just felt really connected to it. And I can't mm. really explain it, but I just felt like there was more to life yeah. than yeah. what everything that was going on back mm. home. Chaos. Yeah. It was just like the sun goes down, the sun comes back up. Yeah. And it just felt like, you know, and I, I looked at the way that they lived their lives. It was very chilled, you know, no hustle and bustle of London in Perth. It was very like relaxing and everyone's yeah. like surfers and they go to the beach on the week. And, you know, it's very like super chilled. And it just made me think like so much more to life. So that was, that was number one. Number two was the following summer. So now summer 2016, I think, if I've got that right, um, yeah, I think so. Me and my friends went on holiday and I've spoken about this loads before on, on here. Um, and basically we had this moment where we were, a few of us, there was, I think five of us that went away or six and four of us went for a walk one morning uh, in the town that we were staying in, in, in the south of France. So we'd gone walking around this town, like, it probably took us about an hour and a half and we spoke about everything, like everything mm. that you, you know, girls, life, work, football, like, everything and we got into this conversation about books and learning mm. and one of my mates was like yeah i really want to start getting into more reading so between us we set up like a, a book club and we started you know traditional book club kind of style but what it got me into was like reading more and what i then off of the back of that discovered was the type of books that i liked to read which was books that i could learn from from either other people's experiences so like biographies or from a kind of self-helpy, self-improvement mm -hmm. point of view, or stuff that felt quite um, close to, to me and, and the things that I liked. 
So I started reading more. And then I started, around the same time, I'd started listening to podcasts. Um, and you can see where this is already going. This mm. basically all led into me going on this journey of self-discovery and more self-awareness and, you know, growth and everything. And then led into the point of starting the podcast. And it was like those two moments were really key. And that was a window of like, you know, from September 2013 to summer 2016 of like two, what's that, two and a half years mm. of just like, you know, going from being like really lost to like going even On further down to then having this little pickup from the one extra job to then going back down again to then picking up again to then down to then picking up again to then sort of plateau in a bit to then pick up. Mm. And it was a really interesting phase of like, it felt like, like I said earlier, stripping everything back and rediscovering everything about my life and everything that I thought I knew that wasn't actually true, if that makes sense, in the sense of like... It's relearning. Yeah, like putting so much onus on things and people to make me happy rather than learning how to be happy within myself. Mm, mm, mm. And once you do have that happiness from within yourself and within, you know, deep and personal level you can then project it outwards. Yeah. And we, we tend to do it the other way. Mm. We tend to go happiness outwards to yeah. project inwards. Yeah. And, that, and that's a massive thing. And that's the whole sort of period and journey that I went on. Um, and it was just, again, I, I, it was just happening. I didn't, I, to a certain extent, I guess I'd done it in like a, a real act, proactive kind of way. Mm. But I think a lot of it was probably more it was just happening and it just, ha it was the thing that needed to happen in my life. So it was just happening by that course of action. You know, you strive with someone that's been very active in that way. Anyway, I don't, I can't imagine. Well, apparently you did, you mentioned you went through ruts where you didn't really want to go out of the house or, but in your job, I can imagine you really put yourself and throw yourself into situations where opportunities come about. Mm. Have you always been on? Yeah, I guess so. Like I've always, I've never been scared to work. Yeah. I hundred percent never been scared yeah, to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I will, you give me a task, I'll do it yeah, the best yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah. Whether I know what the hell I'm doing or yeah. not, I will figure it out mm. some way or the other. Like, I've always been like that. Like my mum always used to tell me like when I was a kid, you know, there's that classic like kid game where it's like you put the square pegs in the square mm. hole and mm. the circle ones in the circle mm. hole. Mm. She was like, you always work that out so quickly <laughs> that you were always just so good at like working out. Okay, these are the things I've got and this is how it needs to work mm. to get it, you know, to, to be Logical right. Or, yeah. Um, and I think I've always applied that to kind of work. And again, looking at football, I've always applied it to football. Is like, mm. okay, I'm not. The, I wasn't the most talented. I wasn't mm. the most. This, but what can I do with the skill set that I've got mm. to make myself a benefit of yeah, this yeah, team, yeah. for example? Massive. And I've always done that in the workplace, and I've always been good at my jobs. Like, yeah. don't, I'm, and I don't mean that from a, a egotistical point of view. Yeah, I've yeah, always I'm been awesome. very good at my jobs because of that reason of not being scared to work mm. and not being scared to to learn things and try my best and try and understand things. Um, so I can't remember the point of what I'm rambling on about, but yeah, essentially. <laughs> no, yeah, that was just basically about, you know, the, the off the back of that, um, that incident on the bed. I mean, where, how you got to where you are now. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, so you, but in that, um, I was listening to the, your 50th podcast, you got to work with a lot of in, fascinating people and big inspirations for you at, at uh, Extra One Extra. Yeah. How was that? amazing man like yeah, again yeah. it just if anything do you know what it taught me it taught me anything's possible man yeah like it's so mad it. like if you could have told me in 2010 so 2011 as a kid who was pretty much depressed mm. but had a music blog and had a real passion for music that one day i would be 
in that building, working alongside some of the best presenters in the world, working with some of the best talent in terms of like people like Stormzy, Kano's, Dizzy Rascals, like these kind of artists I really looked up to. I would have laughed in your face, but I would have loved it if it would have happened. But it did happen because I I made it happen in a way. And it's like... Do you think a lot of that came off the back of um, going through that experience and realising you had like a... um, This is quite backward way of saying it, but like going through that experience, did that increase emotional intelligence for you? Your personal emotional intelligence in terms of, you know, how to be with people and your perception of of, of the people that you were surrounding yourself with that um, led you into those opportunities? Not, I wouldn't say immediately. I think more so now. Yeah. A lot more so in the last like year and a half since starting the podcast, mm. really. Beforehand, probably not. I was just, again, it was very outwardly, like what you were saying, you mm. know, you were just out there, mm. you know, doing your thing yeah, and being it. like mm. happy and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, what appeared to be happy. Yeah, and, yeah, no, yeah. Sorry, you know, just yeah. being outwardly kind of, mm extroverted mm. whereas internally it was a, still a lot more of a battle but like I said that whole kind of window of time from like the initial getting the one extra job was it was more of a distraction than anything mm. but I had some amazing opportunities like I said mm. man and it was like I'm very thankful for that because without that I wouldn't have had the basis for wanting to then start you know the podcast and all that yeah, sort yeah. of stuff so when was the moment you decided to do that uh it was so I started it in I started it in, in March, April 2017 and I decided in November 2016 I wanted to do a podcast and then I just needed to come up with like, I already had a basic concept and then I basically came up with all the branding, the idea, bought the equipment, recorded a few episodes. I had like three episodes recorded before I put one out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I recorded a test episode with my mate that is never going to surface ever, ever. <laughs> but it's it, still got it. It's somewhere, but it's never going to surface <laughs> ever. Um, and yeah, it was just like, and then, in, and then I went away in February of that month of that year, 2016. So when I got back, I was like, right, I'm going to give myself a few weeks to promote the, the idea of this podcast mm. and then I'm going to put it out. Yeah. So it went out, I think in the end of March, beginning of April that year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, what about you? Like, how did you get from that kind of space of like the conversation with your parents to <clears throat> n- never mind the podcast to like really fast forward into yeah, like man. I starting mean, F45 Oxford yeah Circus. I've got to say it has been the most ridiculous 24 months mm. and I'm not you know I'm tr- I want to try and whenever I talk about it I- I'm very weary that I'm, may sound like I'm blowing my own trumpet yeah. in, but in a way w- when was the moment with your parents that How long was, ago was um, that? where are we 2000 it was about 2000, June 2016 mm. bleak and then obviously I went and see that psychotherapist for, for that period of time for a little bit. And, and then 2017 um, podcast, I started, you know, putting stuff into place for the podcast. I, my perception changed at the job I was in, mm. which was funny. Which is, was which this was the, the theatre? Yeah, it was theatre merchandising. Gotcha. So it was like, I was like, all right. And I really like, honestly, my mentality, my mentality just shifted. So it was like... Um, Right, okay, I'm here now. Okay, I'm gonna work, see what happens with the podcast, I'll try and build it. Okay, but I'm here now, what can I get out of this job? Okay, might not be what I wanna do, but there are things I can work on. So I'm a relationship manager now. I'm gonna work on my ability to build a business at what I'm good at, okay, which is interacting with people. Mm. Um, and I, I, I wanna work on, you know, being a better team, team member. So fuck it, I was like, look, I'm gonna do the best I can here and learn what I can. But I want to get back into health and fitness. Mm. So podcast started moving, released those, 
first three ones, as like you, you said, you, you kind of did the same thing. And then shit just started to fucking happen. It mm. was ridiculous, mate. Like, it was ridiculous because I, I was like, sod it. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to throw myself into every bloody opportunity. And I started meeting people left, right and centre. Mm. I was no longer passive at all. I just threw myself into any situation. Some situations, nothing came from them. Some situations did, which made me realise the, 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 um, that, you know, that stage, if you want to get started, you just got to increase the volume of, of the, of the thing of, of, uh, the opportunities that you put yourself into. So yeah, that happened. I, the first guy I interviewed was a guy called Jamie Sparks, a longtime friend. He's a, uh, he rode the Atlantic, broke all kinds of world mm, records, which wow. was great. And he was setting up a, um, he set up a ultra marathon. Okay. So which like, is what? The Wadi Rum Ultra, which basically is an event, 260 kilometers in five days through the Jordan desert. So I was like, previously, you told me that a year ago, I'd be like, no way, I can't do that physically impossible I mean, I'm convinced I can't do that yeah, mate, <laughs> no, no. you would be fine trust me if I could growth do mindset yeah. oh, I, <laughs> there's no way you do honestly mate, that. the guys I did it with they, they won't mind me saying this but if you, they could do it you could do it um, so I was like sod it yeah why not let's see what happens so I was like look I'll get a team together with people I've got two guys and I was like fuck it I want to I want to raise some money and if there's one thing that I have learned is that if you if you start thinking about other people, uh, you forget about a lot of your own baggage. Mm. And it almost, almost it's, it's almost like, a, it can actually be a bit of a selfish thing as well. I mean, because it made me, naturally it made me feel good raising money for other people. Mm. You know, I, I loved every second doing that. So we we raised about 17,000 wow. um, pounds, which was great for young minds, which is something that we all believed in because we were big on mental health, the three of us. Mm. Um, and it was the most incredible life-changing experience really well because the dimensions of my mind completely changed mm. it was like something that i never thought was possible um suddenly was manageable and i was doing it and you realize what how far you can push yourself and mm. the training of it almost i was gonna say what was the training yeah like? the training was bleak i mean like, i was seeing like four hours a day in the, in the pissing rain down on the coast like wow but you know it, it was it was it was great and it, it was it, it, i learned a lot i mean i made some life, you know, lifetime friends doing that thing and mm. I raised some money for charity and during that time I, I met, you know, my investor for the gym, for classic story, I actually met him in the shower at another gym. <laughs> He's married with three kids so, you know, it wasn't like that but it was, um, you know, I, I was putting myself in situations um, and the one thing I have always been good at is interacting with people. You know, mm. I like to make people feel good about themselves. I like to learn about other people. You know, I find like you said, you like it as well. You find people's stories fascinating. Mm. So yeah, the more people I introduced in the podcast, opened up more opportunities and, um, you know, the, the run was happening and, you know, then the gym started to happen. So in typical like Hayden fashion, everyone says, you know, I'm all or nothing. You know, I was full on, you know. Um, but then once the then once that happened and the gym started to move forward, um, I realized I almost had to pull back a little bit and, try and just folk, try and pick a main focus mm. and yeah I mean 2019 2018 has been just the most hysterical year of my life um, I mean it was very slow first four months of the year nothing happened because we were waiting on that was interesting like you talk about ups and downs I mean mm. that I had such an epic 2017 everything was spiking and then I had a big lull because mm. nothing happened um, trying to stay focused was difficult and it was you know you, know, you start to get you know Hit, hit a bit of a, hit a bit of a rut period, 
Um, and then suddenly, boom, once again, it was all moving. Had the gym open, you know, mm. everything that could have gone wrong went wrong, you know, plumbing, flooding, you know. Really? Oh, mate, it was honestly like, fake it till you make it was never more apparent in the last <laughs> six months because I had to put on a, like me and Tristan had to put this show on like performance. It was all been a performance. Yeah. Like not a fake kind of way, but like in this industry, like if, if people think you're out of control, um, then they see straight through it. Mm. So you're, I had to perform like, oh, the showers are flooding. Oh no, it's fine. You know, don't worry. Anyway, like let's go over here. <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> spinning plates. Like, like a 40 towers. Yeah, like, mate. Shoveling like, people into different like rooms. Like 40 towers. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> just go over here. Shut up. And like, you just like having to keep the energy up is, it was, it's been phenomenal. Like mm. I remember one morning, like me and Tristan were, and Tristan, I, I was doing, at the beginning I was doing 90% of the classes <laughs> and I literally was like, energy 110% every session um, which was isn't sustainable and mm. you know I want to talk a little bit about how you know it's it's life is different like I, I never ever want it to be like oh my life's perfect now everything's going smoothly like my god do I have days now where I I'm just blown out mm. you know and it's it's almost dangerous and and you know, I, I'm next year. My biggest goal is to try and live, you know, be a little bit more sustainable. Um, but anyway, yeah, we had this one morning where I'd done all morning classes and everyone had left the gym and it was Mr. Smiley, Smiley, Smiley. And then Tristan's coming over to me and he's like, dude, we've got, uh, we've got some work to do. And I walk into the female changing rooms and the whole thing is flooded. And the, like with the, we opened the back cabinet where the boiler was and it was like, up to like knee level yeah. water. Wow. And we were in there, you know, draining this, mopping, like mopping the floor, like, and it just made me realize that, you know, we had two ways to go here. You, you can pretend that, uh, you know, everything's great or you can be very upfront and honest. Mm. And the second we went down that route and upfront and honest with everyone, like almost like, you know, we know that this isn't perfect, but you want to come be part of the chaos? Like, cause it's bloody good fun down here and we will do everything we can to make sure that you're, mm. you have the best time possible and you feel fantastic the second you walk out of the gym. Um, the second we, we approached it in that mindset, it, the ball just started rolling. Really? Like, yeah, man. Like we just weren't being fake with it. Mm. And I think there's a beauty, beautiful thing is not being fake. Yeah. If you can pull that off and make it, include people in the experience that you're well this is just in behalf of the business we're running i mean it's a beautiful thing like people love it they love the fact that they're down there 45 walks of circus with you know hayden tristan like where their bloody showers are still you know some days we still are you know but who gives a shit you, you know you're all part of this fun training experience and and i love i love every second down there but mm. having said that man it's, it's you know you I, I've crashed and burned about four times since I've left. Mm. And it's not depression. It's, it's something that, you know, exhaustion and depression, you can have very, I don't know if you, well, cause I still see my psychotherapist and I saw him on one of my really dark weeks since we've opened. And I was, and I said, look, I mean, I'm very aware that my life is pretty good at the moment. I've got good business. I'm surrounded by great people, but I'm fucking miserable. I'm so like, I'm like, I'm, I can't think straight. I'm frustrated. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm very dark, I'm in a very dark place. And he's like, you've got to bear in mind that the feelings of exhaustion and depression are very similar. Mm. And then I was like, oh, okay. And then I would go have one sleep 
and I'll be back to normal. Mm. So exhaustion and this whole burn the candle at both ends thing, which I am currently doing, and I'm very aware of it. I am. I mean, I go out and I and I have fun with my mates and have fun with the members and. And you know, then I turn up at four thirty the next day to, to, to gym, and I'm Mr. Smiley Smiley. It's not sustainable. None of this is sustainable, and I'm very aware of it. And it's something as an individual I've got to get under control. Mm. But like, and how will you get that under control? Where's, where's the the it's, balance? It's funny. I mean, um, I was just being told about it now. He's the guy that, you know, Ollie Fawcett. He's I've worked with him since the start of the Inspiration Space, and I love him to pieces. And he's a young kid, but he's got great perception in life. He's like, dude, like you're you've got a long, you know, you've got, you've got some work to do here, man. Like you're, you're not, you, you could be 10 steps ahead for, mm. on the podcast. You know, you, you're not using your time value well enough. And it's true. Even though I'm doing a lot, I could actually be doing less and doing more. Mm. So, you know, and that's something I, as a, as a, I'm not saying I'm a public figure, but if anyone that I come into contact with, I don't want, I don't want them to think that I think I have all the answers or, I'm still, uh, I'm still learning and I'm learning so much every day and I know I'm nowhere near perfect. And I think if, if I'm saying that as, as, as a person who's got relative influence in the circles that I'm in, you know, will hopefully make people realize that they have to as well. You know, yeah. we have to keep getting better. We have to. And like the second you think you're perfect and the second you think you have, you've got no self-awareness about what's going on around you, it's dangerous. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I just, I just think it can be a really dangerous thing that people are you know, very blindsided to, to, to the way they're being as an individual. Yeah. Have you read the, um, the four hour work week? Yeah, mate. Good book. Yeah. Wait, yeah. What th- well, all right, here's a question. Three books that change your life. Oh, uh, that's a tough question because I would say three books that changed my life. Well, one. No, I can, <laughs> I, can, I can name three, but it's like so many. It's, it's the, it's the wording of change your life. That's okay. Interesting, right. right? I had the biggest impact. Okay. That's different. See, <laughs> uh, so I would put in the this changes like day to day to be honest yeah, yeah. like people I get people messaging me on my Instagram like what books would you recommend and like you could message me one day and message me another day and I recommend like three different books like completely separate list of threes yeah yeah but so at the minute I think because you asked the previous question of like three books that changed my life <laughs> I would put The Miracle Morning in there Miracle morning. Miracle morning. It's all about having a really productive Sick. morning routine. Sick. Okay. Amazing book. That that's what. No, not at all. That's what got me up in the mornings. I was already going to the gym in the mornings mm. because I'd worked out. It was the time of the day that I could really dedicate dedicate the time in and like non negotiably. Like that's the time I go to the gym. Whereas when I was going in the evenings, I found that. I would, there would always be an excuse of, oh, I've got to go out and meet this person or do this thing or uh, I'll go tomorrow or stuff like that. Whereas when I started slotting in in the mornings, it was it just changed everything. So I, after I'd started doing that, I read The Miracle Morning, which then helped me incorporate more uh, practices into my morning routine, which is game changer. Mm. Um, another one would be, so a book I read recently, which I've loved, loved, was The Celestine Prophecy. And it's um, it's a bit like have you read The Alchemist or heard of The Alchemist? Mm, so the yeah, Alchemist is, yeah. is a very like very popular book, and so is Celestine Prophecy, and they're both very similar in the fact that they're fictional books about you know they're a narrative, a story, but the story is embedded with a message that is like true to day to day life, and the Celestine Prophecy was just like insane, like on like 
it just opened my eyes to loads of different things like mm. signs of, of of you know things that happen in your life and energy of like exchange of energy with people when you're having a mm. conversation just like loads of different stuff and then number three uh oh man this one could be so many i'm gonna go with the one i've read most recently because it's it's been a really interesting read which is um tim ferris book again um tools of, tools of titans mm. just game changer it's just that's just like a bible of just knowledge you yeah, literally it's like i said that i tell you what there's my one of my favorite um one of my favorite ever snippets of any book is in that book really you know how we ask that question define people's uh define oh no not even define it um what is your uh perception of success, success yeah okay you asked derek Sev sivers oh mate do you know what you know what i'm gonna say yeah go on and go okay on. he goes six he goes success um is a diff like no he doesn't say he's like it's a hard question to ask because in my opinion success is different and should be unique to every individual mm. so you should make your like you, there's no one answer yeah. there is if you look at it there's no one answer because everybody's different you know everybody is different so your values in, of life and morals in life are all different and who says that everybody's version of success should be financial or whatever mm. it should be completely and utterly unique to you you should mm. set the terms of, of what success is to you as an individual and i yeah. think when i actually read that i Amazing. think that was that was a big moment actually yeah. when reading that and do you know what it's so funny that you've mentioned that because mm. that's the only because the book's made up of like all of the best nuggets mm. from his best interviews mm. on his podcast that's the only one where i've gone back and listened to the full podcast interview it's interesting it's like just amazing conversation it's with him and then i bought the, the derek's book. of his book as well which i haven't read yet interesting uh, somewhat very high up on my on my next to read list um what about you what about books that have most most uh it's, giving you the most value it's funny it's funny it's, it's it's one thing so i'm at a stage in my life where i'm very happy with the way it's going and there are things that i'm i'm learning every day and i'm happy with those parts but i also am very aware that I'm regressing in certain areas as well mm. currently just to the state of where my life is. And it's frustrating, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And one area is I don't feel like I am learning. Oh really? Yeah. And it frustrates me because I, nothing better in my opinion is when you have got a cup of coffee and you're reading a book and you're learning and you're taking notes and then I get to journal about it. So I still journal every day. But, yeah. But normally I would take something about from what I'm reading and how I can, put that into my my life and how i can learn and get better in, in that and, I, and i'm i love getting better i love being able to provide value every day and i feel like i'm providing value at the moment mm. but I, you know I, I i love reading so like learning from these books is just so up on my agenda of something i need to get back into doing but that's a growth mindset you know mm. I'm, not, I'm not like oh this is shit my life's over you know i'm i'm being a terrible human being because I'm not doing this, that, and the other. Yeah. I know that I can get back into it. It's not the end of the world. So mindset is big. I mean, just for, I didn't, like I said, I didn't even read the whole thing. But in terms of <laughs> the impact of change in my life, like the first three chapters of that book, oh my God, you can, you can dissect the world in between those two types of people. You know, I mean, and she talks about how you can view, how you can, you know, see who's got it's obvious who's got a growth mindset and a fixed mindset so that's one two um is willpower uh rediscovering our greatest strength it's actually mm. by roy baumeister or something like that insane book 
insane book. Basically talks about how um, willpower is. Um, it's not really. It's not. It's not. Really, it's a characteristic, but basically how you can. It's not just simply saying, "Oh, you you've got. You need to have more willpower. You need to work on your willpower." You know, it's how you can do that, and yeah. you know how nutrition can make play a value, how sleep can play a value, how um, you know it talks about you know society, you know society, and and how you can say that people who who uh, why why people who uh, have done so many crimes don't have high level of willpowers, but that's not enough to say that. Why is that? Mm. You know, like is it because that they haven't get got the correct nutrition? You know, is it because that they've X, Y, and Z? It's just a very smart book. How you can put protocols into place to help you financially in terms of put willpower in that element, in that side of your life. Mm -hmm. How you can put willpower into, you know, getting, you know, fitter and stronger as an individual. So that's a, that's a very smart book. And it also, you know, addiction, it, it talks a lot about that. You know, I mean, it looks at, you know, individuals who've had very, you know, arguably addiction. I mean, that's a whole nother topic, but you know, how people have recovered from addiction and put practices into place to make sure that, you know, they don't any longer do heroin or, or drink or whatever like that. So it's, it's, it's a smart book. It's clever. And it's something that I, I like to go and read it, parts of, um, every now and then. And a third one, again, um, something that I'm not really <laughs> adhering to at the moment, but essentialism. You heard mm, of that? No. Essentialism is great. Greg McCohen, it basically talks to you about how you can actually align everything in your, all the decisions you make and through picking a focus. And once you pick that main focus, throwing everything you can at it, and then you can, if you have an essential intent, so everybody yeah. should have an essential intent, you know, what's the main, what's the main focus and what's the most yeah. important thing in your life. So whether it be, you know, being a better father, if that's your essential intent, then everything that comes your way, you can say yes, no, yeah. yes or no to. Because if it doesn't correlate or, you know, adhere to, to, to where you, to your essential yeah, intent, yeah. then what's the point? You, yeah. know, you know the answer. So yeah, in terms of those things, those have had a big impact. Um, but like I said, man, there are so many books out there that oh, I, I want to read. Yeah, oh. mate, I've got, I mean, in my room, I've got a stack of about, 20 to 30 books that I've read and then another stack of like 20 to 30 that I need One to read to, yeah. and it's like I just do, keep do, do, I keep do you make a habit of reading every day? yeah 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 Most do you have days. any big time routines you know talk to me about your oh, routines I'm intrigued I love this one I find yeah I was going to ask you the same um, <laughs> so we'll go into it so so my my morning routine is like a military operation like oh, there's like no compromise like Got on it. any of it it's like the only, the only time there's a slight compromise is if I need to be somewhere earlier, mm. but let's say it's a normal day. So my alarm goes off at uh, six o'clock and then another one goes off at 6.10 and then another one goes off at 6.20 and then another one goes off at 6.30. 6.30, I get up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get up. First thing I do, into the toilet, straight into the kitchen, glass of water and a banana, back into my room, get changed for the gym. Um, and actually I've been doing this earlier because the gym that I'm going to currently opens at six. I've been getting it for six thirty, but we'll go to what the normal, the norm is, uh, get changed for the gym, jog to the gym. I'm there for seven, do 45 minutes, uh, working out 60 minutes, 20 minutes, stretching, warming down, walk back home, uh, come in the kitchen, 
healthy breakfast shake uh, made up of banana, blueberries, ice, oats, protein powder, peanut butter, chia seeds, almond milk, smash it all together in Nutribullet, have a coffee with it. Then I jump in the shower, come out the shower, get myself changed, meditate for 10 minutes, uh, read through my affirmations uh, to myself in the mirror, say them out loud. Um, and then I'm out the door by about half nine. Um, and then I read on the tube on the way into wherever I'm, you know, work or if I'm going elsewhere, which is normally 15 minutes of reading. And then I read again on the way back. Uh, so I get like half an hour at least of reading in a day. Sometimes I I go to bed and I I just read 20 minutes before I go to bed or half an hour. Um, I've added a new thing into my night routine. So I've got a different routine in the evenings. So evenings, uh, I left out having a shower in the morning, obviously a shower after the gym. <laughs> I don't go to work this way. So after my breakfast, I shower. Um, so night before, before I go to bed, go uh, brush my teeth and go in my room. If I can, if, I, if, if it's not too late, I'll do another 10 minute meditation. Uh, I'll fill in my gratitude journal, which is writing down three things I'm grateful for from that day. I'll do some reading. Um, and I've just added in, uh, I've just bought a Rubik's Cube. I'm determined to to clock a Rubik's Cube from memory uh, by the end of 2019. So that's the kind of... Sick. Yeah, half an hour Rubik's Cube practice. Oh yeah. Make your brain tick. Yeah, yeah, no, it does. It's, it's, but I've, it's, I've always wanted to just be able to do it yeah, yeah, without yeah. having to read the instructions or watch yeah. a video. Uh, so that's it, man. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty like... I love, I just love, I love this. Mm. I find it fascinating. Yeah, what about you? What's yours? I actually want to change my answer for previously. You just touched on a thing there. Another book. I'll take out Essentialism, even though it's a brilliant book. Sleep by yeah. Nick Littlehales. Okay. Genius book. Yeah. Well, not genius. I mean, it's, it's, and he will say this, it's a lot of it's common sense. But it actually, it talks about the importance of it and, you know, um, the effects of, you know, once again, I'm not really adhering to this at the moment, but it's, it's, it's the, like the effects that lack of sleep can have. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's terrifying actually. Um, and I, nothing, I, I would say the amount of sleep I'm having at the moment, you know, I'm up, I'm up, I'm operating probably at about 50% of my natural cognitive really? ability. Yeah. Shit. I hate it. I really do. How much sleep are you getting? Then? I'm back at five to six, but it's not quality. It's not actually necessarily about quali- quantity. It's quality. It's quality. So do you sleep well though in general? Well, at the moment, because I'm just so knackered, but I will fall asleep. But that doesn't necessarily mean anything either. Yeah. It's, you know, what's going on. Because your body doesn't just, you know, there's shit going on inside your yeah. body. I think, I think I've read something or heard something recently and yeah. I could be completely wrong. Yeah. I often make stuff up <laughs> just to suit my own kind of, uh, what I want to know. But I'm pretty sure I heard or read something recently that your body works harder while you're sleeping than it does during the day. Because me. it's, it, it's more kind of recovery and repair and yeah. undoing all of the stuff that's yeah. happened throughout the day, which is why we need toxins. to sleep. You yeah. get rid of the toxins in your body. It's, it's so important. And, um, you know, I'm very aware, like I said, again, that, that that's something that has to change, mm. you know? So like, it talks a lot about, you know, well-being. It talks basically about how it's all common sense. It really is. But like reading it, it makes it so obvious. So definitely it's, it's small as well. Anyone listen to this, give it read. It's, it's, it's brilliant. So it basically talks about, you know, society and, and, and things that come into our society and cause them well-being red flags. Um, that we just have to get under control because it's they're, they're not helping. It's not helping our sleep. Mm. So stuff like you know too much coffee, you know sleeping pills, like you know alcohol, like mm. all these things that are just 
you know, if you have too much of them, they're going to just, mm. they're, they're not good for your body, which means you're not recovering. How quite. important diet within that? Diet, well. massive, 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 massive. Like, you know, I mean, I, I've studied nutrition for a long time. I know, I know exactly what works for me. Am mm. I doing it? No. <laughs> like, <laughs> like back in the day when you I need I, to reread willpower. Yeah, I need to re I need to reread. I need to, you know, readjust my life. You know? But, um, you know, it's a brilliant, it talks a lot about, and this is why it's, it's entered the top three. Something you talked about is, you know, morning routines and mm. actually pre-sleeping routines. Mm. Like, God, how many people do you know you speak to and they'll say, I can't switch off at night. Can you put stuff into yeah. place? Like, yeah, of course you can. Yeah. Like stuff like make, so he talks about, and this is something I used to do religiously, even when I had a girlfriend, you know, I used to be selfish 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 with the hour before i went to bed and the hour after i woke up yeah i do you know i'm really looking forward to the time where um i've got a girlfriend and i have to explain like yeah. i need to have half an hour to like for myself before i get to sleep yeah like i have to do my meditation yeah. have to do this like, like they just have to deal with it you know yeah. um and it, you know i mean one of the things he talks about in the book is how the bed is just for sleeping mm. you know if you're if you're um in your bed and you're working on your phone, you know, you know, you build up this negative kind of you build up this negative uh, uh, sociology with your with your bed, mm. or um, you know, if you if you're lying there and tossing and turning, get up and get out, like mm. go and sit somewhere until you're tired, yeah, like all these things that make so much sense, like. But you don't, like I didn't really, they didn't, it all came together in that book, so that's definitely one. But yeah, I mean. When I'm operating at full whack, um, I will, when I wake up, I will go and have two pints of water because that resets everything for me. Two so, pints? Two pints. Just wow. get it down me. Just get it down me. Um, oh, you've got to force that down, surely. Well, I, I do. Like I do. Glass, to be but... fair, I have one pint and then basically what that does is it resets my digestive system. Yeah, yeah. It's huge. Like it just gets everything rolling. So um, I'll have a shower. So I'll have sorry, a shower, water, coffee. Mm. Um, and back in the day I would, I would, I would journal, I would journal, I say back in the day, it wasn't that long, it was six months ago, but you know, when I, when, when I get back into, cause it, the reason I say in all this stuff, like, like I want to make it, like I said, I want to make it realize I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to be fake, but, um, this is all going to return. Like but at the moment, the last six months, I'll just be keeping my head above water, mm. you know, cause I'm, I leave the I leave the house at quarter past five. I'm in the gym at, you know, uh, 20 to six. So, you know, I don't really have much, of, and I leave at half nine at night. Wow. But this is an investment right now, you know, yeah. um, and it, it can't last forever. But, you know, I would, yeah, so then I would, I would journal and then I would go to the gym. And that is, was non-negotiable. You have to be selfish and ruthless with that time because yeah. it's your time. You, nobody else's agendas are coming on your plate. And like, that is a powerful thing. I always used to get the most, the best tasks done in that day when, it was my time. Mm. And I actually think that we could do it all day, really. Yeah. If, you, if you put boundaries into places, I mean, Tim Ferriss talks about in four-hour work week, you are actually in complete control. How many people do action that day? You yeah. Know? Well, I, I find it really interesting because, I, so I had a conversation with someone I've been doing some coaching work with recently and I, I they were talking me through their, their day, mm. et cetera, et cetera. And I said, what time... Or what are the non-negotiable times you have for mm. yourself or the stuff, you know, that you've said you want to do, mm. but you feel like you can't. And you're like, I don't have any. 
I said, well, that's the first thing you need to think about then is like, where can you fit in that non-negotiable time? And by non-negotiable, I mean like it could be 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. on a Wednesday, no matter what happens, unless there's obviously some sort of, you know, family yeah. um, emergency or something on those really catastrophic kind of levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that time does not move and you do not do anything else in that time other than what you want to yep. put into it which, you know, for me and for, you know, the stuff that you were just saying, mine's like the exercise and the morning mm. routine stuff for you is like the journaling and all that kind of stuff mm. as well. It's like, it could be your life admin. It could mm. be your, you know, whatever it is. Mm. It's like, what is the non-negotiable time that you're putting in for yourself? Yeah. I think that's so important because we massive. don't do it. Massive, man. Massive. It's so important. And like, oh, just the, how much more effective you are as a human being when you have those in place. Because it's no longer at the back of your mind, like, oh, I know I have to do this at some point, or mm. I need to be working on this to make myself move forward, but ugh, mm. whatever. If you are selfish with that time. I want to talk to you about your coaching. I mm. mean, and, and what's going on in 2019, like for you, because it's an exciting time, like yeah. you mentioned, like, I can't remember if we actually spoke about it. I, I don't know if you started the recording, but you're, you're no longer at One Extra, you're, you're doing a lot of your coaching stuff. Yeah. Which well, is sick. Yeah, try, trying to build that up, to be honest. Um, so at the minute I'm doing uh, freelance social media work to because obviously that's where my skill base yeah. is from a um, a work point of view and yeah. you know so that's kind of just a pain to help and pay the bills and then the the main focus outside of that is obviously the podcast well obviously the coaching side of of what I want to do so I'm working with um, a few. I don't like calling them clients uh, connections. Mm. It's a better word. Coaching, <laughs> coaching connections at the minute. So I'm help, uh, helping with uh, working with these uh, few people at the minute, um, and that's like an every other week basis. Um, as as of this going out, um, I would have released a free ebook, which is uh, called Daily Positive, and it's practices to help you build and maintain a positive mindset. Sweet. And it's filled with like my experiences, some sort of stuff from the interviews I've done in the podcast. Uh, just some of the stuff that I've generally found very interesting over this whole period of we've yeah. you know we spoke about of trying to get myself on track. Some of the stuff that's been the most helpful for me, and I really break those down into like really really easy to just digest chapters with some practical exercises in as well. Um, that's just like an entry level in terms of like these are the kind of things that I found really helpful. These are the kind of things that um, I've experienced. These you know and the, the this and this and this and the how and the why. Um, and really entry level in terms of like, these are the kind of things that I like to kind of would like to help people with. Um, but essentially for me, like the way I see coaching is that coaching isn't offering advice to someone. Coaching is helping someone answer the questions for themselves, but just facilitating the process. that process with them. Because for me, like I have no right to sit here and give anyone advice because I don't know their full life story as they can tell it to me in as much detail I, I will never know and no one else will ever know anyone else's full life story because you haven't experienced it so that person who's sitting on the other end of the phone or whatever will only know their own experiences yeah. truthfully 100 percent, without question so my role is to help them facilitate the best of themselves mm. by answering the questions that they need to answer for themselves and finding ways to help them do that mm. Um, so that's kind of the focus is building up this kind of coaching 
business. Um, I'll also be releasing a coaching package, which will be a series of videos, coaching videos, and um, for people to to purchase. Sweet. Um, Is that an ebook as well? No, that would just be a, a, a series of videos, which will be oh, videos. It probably it will probably base a lot of what the ebook's on, but just go into more depth for cool. people who have got the ebook, are interested in more, and uh, would like to learn more and find out more. There will be an an offer for them to purchase this coaching package and then further down the line there'll be other things in place that i'm working on um which will will involve more kind of like online group coaching um as well as like one-to-one coaching um and stuff like that so i'm kind of just yeah putting the focus into those areas and you know what you were saying not trying to run myself into the ground with it Mm. but work smarter and not harder Mm, mm. um so i'm just yeah that's the kind of the big focus for me it's like because at the end of the day I want to be able to help as many people sure. yeah, yeah. as I can and I can't do that by just having one-to-one clients I can't I can't do that by just having a few people who I coach I can do that by putting out as much content yeah bit the podcast bit the you know stuff I put out on Instagram be it an ebook be it you know a coaching package that someone uh, subscribes to or, or purchases or you know there's, there's various different ways so I'm just trying to explore those different sure. areas so that Whatever point you are in your life, or wherever you are, you can take the free stuff. I don't mind that. You can take as much of the free stuff as you mm-hmm. want. You can take as much as the paid for stuff as you mm-hmm. want. You can take as much as uh, of the whatever as you want. Yeah. Like it's there for people to to, sure. to take and have as, as as they want. So I'm just trying to create this kind of um, environment where people can come in to to myself to Dreamers Disease because it's kind of one and the same, and take what they need from it really. Awesome. Um, and then if they want more, there will always be something beyond that, sure. which will offer more. And if they like that, then there'll be always be something beyond that, which will offer more. So just trying to build that picture it's up. It's really cool, man. Mm. It's really, really cool. Really mm, cool. You've got a good you. vision for it. Yeah. Excited? Yeah, man. Yeah, like, it's the most exciting thing. Like, I can't, right. like, it's it's very scary because, you know, it, you know, on the end of the day, man, like, I have got bills to pay. Sure. <laughs> so sure. it's like, I do need to have yeah. money coming in, but... At the same time, I don't want to just do coaching stuff to make money because that's not why I'm doing it. Mm. I'm doing it to to help, to offer mm. you know people this discovery of themselves. It's not a money thing for me. So yeah. it, again, going back down to that balance, it's finding that balance between the freelance work that I can get mm. to help me pay the bills at the minute until the coaching business is fully functioning really, which may it may be a two-year period. It yeah. may be a transition. Like I've got a goal for that to be in place by 2020. So I've got 12 months really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, if that's at the end of 2020, there's still I still see that as a massive you know um win or however you want to see it. Like I just feel like that's that's the journey I need to go on and that I will go on and I'm going on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that for me is the most important thing right now is like how how can I build all of that up? And yeah, finding that balance is tough, man, because it's tough. It's like when you've got bills to pay and like, you know, stuff that, you know, there's X amount of money that I need each month to just to survive on the basic level. Sure. Like a mix probably laughing because I go away quite a lot. <laughs> but that's one of my, ba- like to it's me, really that, is, that is, it's not why it's one of, it's almost one of my basic needs because yeah, yeah. like I do throw myself so far in, like you were saying, you know, you get up mm. at 4.30 and then you're at the gym for what time? quarter to six quarter to six and you, you leave at half nine like yeah, i get up at six mm. 
and I, I start my day at, you know, half six, essentially. I didn't finish my day till like 11 mm. p.m. And then I unwind and go to bed because mm. the second I get home from work or, you know, work that I'm currently doing, I'm doing four more hours work on the podcast, on the coaching business, on all of this stuff. So it's like, I need that time away. So, and that's, that's Saturdays. That's mm. Fridays I work purely for myself that's you know today's a sunday as we record yeah, like there's yeah. no there is no time off mm. the only time off i have is watching football yeah. which is why i joked earlier about football being so above important. everything yeah, because yeah. that's one of my outlets yeah but for me also just getting away for a few days sure man it's just man oh I god need i need it man i agree more man. just need it like just because i come back and I've, I've got more energy i'm more refreshed i'm ready to go i've probably got new ideas 100%. and that could be like a weekend skiing or it could be a weekend in somewhere sunny in the summer or a weekend in Amsterdam with my mates. Yeah. Like it's just, mate, it's a need, man. Mate, I do, I try, well, I, since we've opened, I've got down there three times. I've got a place on the coast and my grandma used to live out. We, we've kept it, but she died about 10 years ago. We've, we've kept it. Whereabouts got, is that? But it's like Alwick. It's like just okay. like down in the middle of nowhere, like on the coast. Mate, two days down there, it's, I'm a different human. Like get mental clarity back mm. in one sleep. Mm. Okay, I'll do... I'll just, I'll work all day, but I love, it's not work. It doesn't feel like work then because I know that it's all my agenda and that's a powerful thing to have. That's a really powerful thing to have. And I'm very grateful for that, but it's, mm. it's just show, it just shows that this, this, I don't, I just think that we're involved in a culture where we have that hustling grind attitude. And I don't always think that it's necessary. Yeah. I just don't. I know you've got to work hard and it's important to have the work ethic to work hard. And we have to do it sometimes. Absolutely everybody has to. But I just think that to the extent this culture we're in expects it and, you know, constantly churn, churning out that attitude. I just don't know if, I just don't know if it's always necessary. And mm. I don't actually think we're all being as effective as we can be as, 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 as humans yeah so man it's true i think yeah. it's you know like what we've just been talking about working uh smarter not harder mm. you know the balance all of that stuff just mm. plays such a massive role because there's there's a there's a i think it's jet lee or i think it's jet lee it could be bruce lee no it's not bruce lee it's jet lee there's a, the, a tweet that i always see doing the rounds on instagram of his mm. of um he says you're running yourselves into a ground for a company that will replace you within a day <laughs> it's very true it's so true very it's true. like you know, we put all of this this energy into like working hard yeah, yeah. on the grind 24-7. And it's like, you know, and I know I've just, and we both just yeah, said that we work yeah. extremely, <laughs> you know, long days. But, it's so true. But there is a bigger yeah. picture to it. Yeah. We're not grinding ourselves into the ground for the sake of it mm -hmm. or for mm -hmm. the sake of a distraction or getting away from things yep. or for the money of it or, you know, those kind of things. We're doing it for the internal riches mm -hmm. and the kind of... The fulfillment. The factor. fulfillment and the value that we're giving back to... Yeah. You know, the, the value you give back is the experience that people come to mm. the gym and not only are they improving their health and their fitness, but they're coming out with a, a pretty good experience yeah, just absolutely. in general. Yeah. And, you know, for me, it's about, again, the value that I'm giving through all of the stuff that I give mm. away and, you know, all of the coaching mm. stuff that I'll be doing. I think that's much more important, man. It's like, and I want to get to a point where I can take stuff from the four, four hour work week and be like, right, you know, I only need to do a strict four hours a day work mm. and then the rest of the time i can i can spend writing or reading yeah. or like you know learning or, yeah. or whatever it is like I agree going for a run or if you, you know. have one piece of advice um for so 
we pr- we probably touched on it throughout. But if you had to concisely put that into one, no, not one word, not one piece of advice. I think that's dangerous. One lesson learned from your experience to someone in their twenties. I'm going to read you a quote. <laughs> I'm going to Love do. It. I, I posted this um, the other day on my Instagram. Be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. Sweet. And that is just for me, that is everything because mm. I spent a lot of my time trying to be someone else for other people mm. and not being myself and my true self and my best self. And that ultimately is what put me in the position I found myself in. Whereas now I'm just like, I am being as much of me as I possibly can. And what I'm, I'm finding is that through doing that, I'm meeting new people such as yourself who mm-hmm. I can connect with on a yeah. much deeper energetic level you know people like mick who's here helping you know and just there's just just energy which is just insane it's like nothing i've experienced and that's just by being me and what happens is people will come into your life people will go from your life people will stay people will you know do whatever but as long as i'm doing me and i'm being true to me Mm. none of that matters man like what's meant to be is meant to be and another quote for you you can read this one off the front of my phone uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's real will flow like water it's true yeah. very true and that's it man like someone said that to me the other day and I was like that is the one of the best things I've ever heard mm. like mm. genuinely like when you think about it it takes longer to be fake exactly and it's like <laughs> anything that's real and is meant to happen should flow like water because it should seem easy because yeah. it's just natural and it's yeah. it's meant to be and it's yeah. all of that stuff and it's just putting faith in I guess the the world and that things are going to work out and it's like letting go of more of those or let you know letting go of the the insecurities the anxieties the stresses the like because there's nothing that's just thoughts really it's just thoughts like Mm. nothing's different in the world but what you're thinking of it so So that's it what about you one one learning big learning Uh, it's funny i've never asked that question to over 60 people now i've never (laughs) been asked it um i think I think that whatever you do in life, you have to bring that energy and passion to it because life deserves that from every individual. I really do believe that. If we all did it, can you imagine? Yeah. I mean, um, it, like, not unless, look, I mean, I also have a big thing about time. You know, people, people in this society think it's got to happen now. You know, time's running out. As long as, as if you relax a little bit and, and had took that out of the equation, everybody has the ability to find that passion and energy at some point. Mm. So just bring it every day. Like whatever it is, just make it your own. Just, just don't, don't, uh, don't look back when you're 45, 50 and, and, and just wish that you had brought that energy and passion. Mm. Cause you like, if you have no idea if by bringing that energy and passion to your everyday, what impact that can have on other people. Yeah. You know? It can inspire them to do the same, you know? Usually. So, you know, the, the fact that I'm in that gym most, well, now a little bit less than I was, I'm not in there every day at 6.05, but the fact that I know that when people come down to that gym every day at 6.05, they see me being smiley and, 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 and I'm going, I'm going for it every day, you know? 
hopefully that makes a difference to them. You know, it takes them outside of whatever's going on in their mind um, for an hour. Mm. And hopefully they walk out that door feeling better for it. And if I can, like, if I can do that, trust me, anyone can do that. Yeah. How long have we spoken for? It's felt like oh, five man. minutes. Um, one hour, 40 minutes. It's not bad. That's pretty good. It is. Um, but yeah, do you know what? I do wanted to talk about actually. I wanted, I wanted to ask this earlier. Um, was you mentioned your your dad being a massive inspiration on mm. you? Like, what's that kind of relationship with him being like? Because I, I listened to the episode you mm. did with him, which, by the way, is amazing. Yeah, like, it's cool, man. Man, like, well, I'm proud of someone. Yeah, that is so cool to like just interview yeah. your dad because he sounds like he's done. Yeah, loads. Man, he's, 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 he's he's a very cool. interesting character. He's a he's a he's a great guy um what's like what's yeah so what's your relationship like with him and what's the kind of biggest thing that he's taught you um biggest thing he's taught me is that uh you can hit the ground 10 times and as long as you get up 11 you still you're in with a chance may i something i never spoke about on the episode but something that has stayed with me my whole life is when my dad basically nearly went bankrupt in 2000 something he's very, very sensitive about, but I, it was middle of Euro 2000. Okay. And I remember him, I was playing with my friends playing football in the, in the, in the corridor and, and he walked upstairs. I remember just seeing him just like sad looking, the sad, I'd never seen the sad look on his face. And he was 50, oh man, he must've been 57, 58 at the time. And I walked upstairs and he was crying on his bed. And I was like, it affected me so fucking much mm. like to see that and I just remember like putting my arms around him and why did it have such a big effect well because he felt like you know he felt like a failure that he the, to his family and then you know he felt you know tons of things you know it doesn't and that's why I'm trying to like something I'm trying to put forward with this whole don't be fake thing is like if you, yeah it can happen in your mid 20s it can happen in your mid 50s you know um but this, but then the fact that he got up and bounced back and he produced a show called Stones in His Pockets, which turned out to be one of the, you know, won all kinds of awards and it was an absolute, you know, financial wrecking ball. I mean, it was it was huge. Mm. It was one of his biggest hits. Really? Wow. You know, it just shows that like, you just got to fucking, you can't just, you can't, you can't give up. You just cannot. And you know, and I haven't been, and I probably, you never know, this gym could go bust. My gym could go bust tomorrow. Well, no, not tomorrow, but it could go bust, <laughs> yeah. you know? At the moment, just because it's all happy days and it's all going well, I'm, I've, I'm not an idiot. This this could go tits up. But I will be, I will get back up. I will get back up and I'll go again, you know? And that is the biggest thing I've learned from him. And, and you know, being able to be around that my whole life has been the biggest blessing in the skies. And mm. that's why I'm so grateful. Um, and, and I always will be. And, you know, he's 70, 78 now, but... You know, hopefully he's with us for a lot longer. But you know, the impact that he's had on my life is massive. And like, if anyone is listening to this that hasn't listened to that, I would strongly suggest it. Yeah, there's some too. life lessons. There's some mm, life lessons. Really it's, interesting. It's interesting. He's a and he's a character. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what's really funny? It's because like <laughs> I listen to all my podcasts during my workout, mm. and there's just something in like the hearing the inspirational story that just made me like yeah. just go that yeah. one one harder like in the gym. <laughs> Want to be a bit gorilla? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it's like listening to that episode I was just like this is just like it's just insane like just Dynamite, yeah. just so much oh, I appreciate it? that mate it's oh, wicked it's, man it's sad though like that hasn't got as, as many downloads as some of the ones that I've done with yeah. with you know I mean I'm proud of them all but you know that is yeah. one that I feel like well, that's, yeah, that's I mean, all that matters man yeah like, that's it Yeah, like, yeah I, sure. some of my favourite episodes haven't yeah. had as much listens as mm. others but 
I'm like, I, I took so much from that. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. glad I recorded it regardless. Yeah. yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's, that's more, like, more important is like, I, actually, I want to talk about this as well. Like, for me, like, the process I go through in terms of, like, interviewing someone is because I'll be generally interested in them. Mm. And I would have, so my process is kind of like following people online for a certain amount of time. It's not like a specific amount of time. I'll follow people and I'll be like that person seems really interesting I'm going to see if I can interview them and that could mean they're a massive name you know tr try to get some really big names which haven't quite worked out yet but I'll keep trying mm -hmm. um, and some that are a little lesser names but they, they they've got value in them and yeah. I've seen what I really like about this podcast is produced by unedited um, and it doesn't like for me it's not the numbers it's about Firstly, what am I going to learn? Yeah. And secondly, how does that translate to, to anyone who's listening? I agree. I think that's the biggest beauty of what we've done with these podcasts is so much. You've learned so much. And, and I mean, I don't know about, like I spoke about the opportunities mm. come off the back of them. The doors it's open, the people you've, people you've come into now. I mean, like I've, I've, I don't know about you, but I've, I've, I'm glad I met you now because I know you and feel like a personal connection. Mm. I mean, that's powerful more than mm. anything. I mean, that's, that's something that you, you should, there's not really a value on it mm. there's not a mon monetary value on that and it's a special thing um god i'm just i'm just excited to see what happens in the next 12 yeah, 24 months same. man it's exciting i know i know i'm really looking forward to it all it's going to be i feel like 2019 for a lot of people is just going to be a really big Fucking yeah there is there is see again i'm not very well versed in this sort of stuff but there is a um um astrological reason behind 2019 being a really big year really? I, don't, I don't know what it is yeah it's something to do with the moons and the stuff. i can't remember it exactly but you can probably google it yeah <laughs> if you really want to know more you can probably google it but there is something like in the universe and the energy that mm. is going to make 2019 like a really productive okay. yeah and i think you can almost see it in terms of like the you know I'm no way am i going into politics on this because mm. i know nothing but like just in the way the world's panning out it's mm. like we're getting to this point where like everything seems to be at like breaking point mm. and at some point next year be it in the world in general or in people's lives that that breaking point will be like a breakthrough um which i think is powerful man yeah mate really seriously is mm. thank you so much for no worries, man. having me over man no worries we'll do this again at some point 100 percent. i've got a couple uh questions i like to end on oh boom let's do it yeah so first one <laughs> is um so it's actually free so first one is if you could rewind time right. and go and speak to a younger version of yourself, so you can take that at whatever age you, you want, um, what three bits of advice would you give yourself to start doing from that very moment? Firstly, do not, uh, do not worry or give a shit about what anybody else thinks because as much as they'd like to claim at the time their lives aren't perfect either mm. um to take a look at what you really love to do <laughs> because like you can you can create like like with the podcast i mean you can you can create a side hustle from something you enjoy that doesn't necessarily have to bring any value whatsoever mm. but it will to you um and it probably will lead to something um so yeah, that's what I do with the podcast. I mean, um, and three, I mean, you've got to, you have to look after your, your, your body, but your, your, your peace of mind. Like you have to value that. Mm. Like 
you just have to like body is one thing uh mind is hugely important but to be honest they're very well connected if you if you're looking after your body you probably are looking after your mind it's so all one moving part it's all one moving part so like yeah those things i mean and just i don't know, just just do be be this is this is this is the main one be ruthless about your happiness yeah you have to be ruthless to be happy it doesn't just come it doesn't just happen you've got to do everything you can and be as ruthless about it to, together mm. i mean that is i've had to work very hard to get into a happy place mm. yeah amazing have, um, you, have you answered that question i don't think so go on um Three bits of advice to start. <laughs> uh, um, so, first one would be, I think, start it. Just start like doing, like you know, pretty much like mm. what your old man mm. said to you. But just start doing. Like, if you're interested in something, just start doing it. Mm. Like, again, this is part of the reason why for me the Rubik's cube this year. I've yeah. always said I want to complete yeah. a Rubik's cube from memory. So I'm just going to start doing it. Yeah. Um, that's one. I'm trying not to repeat stuff that I've I've done on advice elsewhere. Um, two would be just like don't. I'm trying to think of a way to word this. Don't like let other people's opinions get in the way of what you're meant to be as a person. Mm-hmm. I think that's very important because we do and our whole kind of life is geared towards that. 100%. But you have to be a bit like what you said, ruthless with your happiness in the sense of like, you have to be so true to yourself that it's, you, you're uncompromising on that. Mm. Like it's a non, that is a non-negotiable. Like don't try and be the person you think other people want you to be because at the end of the day, they don't really care about you and they don't care about themselves as well because they should. So it's like that, that would be another one. And number three would be um, go to bed earlier, wake up earlier. Nice. Done. I like that. Simple. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. Just go, go to bed earlier, oh, wake up I earlier. Need to listen, I need to listen to myself on that one. Because, you know, I chat to so many people and they're like, oh man, like... Go to bed earlier. <laughs> yeah, no, literally. I was, I was literally in the gym yesterday and uh, on this particular day, I opened at 9 a.m., so I was in there and my my regular gym's closed. So I'm going to a different one, which is slightly further up the road, mm. same branch of gym. Um, and one of the PTs from my gym was in there and we were chatting and he was like, oh, there's so many regulars from our gym in here, like this person, that person. And this guy came over, he's like, yeah, this guy comes in every day. He's like, you never see him because I turn up at 7 a.m. Mm. He, he's normally there at nine or whatever. And the guy was like, oh, seven, that's too early. And I was like, just go to bed earlier, wake up earlier. <laughs> so like, simple. People were like, oh no, I need my sleep. It's like, well, yeah. you can still get your sleep. You mm. just go to bed at 10 30 mm. instead of 12 30 or 1 yeah. 30 and then get up at 6 6 30 it's mm. not like you know what are you doing in that time anyway you're probably mm. up watching time. shit on tv mm. so true. you know or consuming nonsense on your mm. phone mm. so it's like you might as well just go to bed earlier mm. get up earlier like it's, it's a it's not a thing mm. um so that's definitely the third one um one more question uh dream is disease obviously the name of my podcast yes what would be your definition of the dreamer's disease? Oh. <laughs> um, that's a good one. I just, I, that's a really, really good one. 
I um I for a long time was the guy that was basically like, oh, I'll tell you what would be a great idea. But I talk about it for half an hour and then um a lot of the time, unfortunately, I, I would never I would never action it. So in that time I don't think I was I was a I was a dreamer. Um in some certain elements. Um but I think, I think it's, it's probably linked to creativity, the mm. creativity of the mind. Um, you know, constantly having your brain ticking over, uh, constantly having your brain ticking over and, and viewing the world differently. You know, like you'll see a certain situation, you know, and, and it will trigger thoughts. Um, I, I don't think any dreamer has ever been passive for the entirety of their life. Yeah. Because the brain's ticking over too much. And eventually at some point there's going to be that, that click light bulb moment where it's going to be like, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do this and I'm going to action this. It's a hard one because dream, dream, like it's a hard one because sometimes I hear the word dreamer in a negative capacity, Yeah. but it's no way in relation to your podcast because everyone I've seen on, on that podcast is an action taker. You know, and it's a positive thing. Do you know what I mean? Like you are a positive guy and you're doing so much cool shit with your life. But like, if someone said to me, oh, he's, he's acting like a dreamer, like that, you know, that, that may have a negative connotation. Yeah, or living in dreamland. Living in dreamland. Yeah. But in no way is it like that with your show because they're all doers and they're all they're all action takers. Um, but I think having that, that the, the disease of being a dreamer is such a positive thing because... At least you're you're thinking and being creative, and at mm. some point you're gonna you're gonna mm. do you're gonna do something of value. Yeah. Um, and oh god, I'm I'm I hopefully uh, you know people will say that I have it, you know, because I'm constantly thinking of new stuff. You know, I might not action it all the time, but you know, I, the the most important two things that ever happened in my life have come from being a dreamer. Yeah. You know, the gym, yeah. complete dream, my biggest dream, like, and I think. And the podcast, you know, that, you know, this has been the biggest tool I've ever, best thing that's ever happened to me potentially is the podcast because it's led to everything else. Mm. So, you know, I, I, I hopefully, you know, you, you consider that I have it because, you know, I've dreamed up two things. I've probably dreamed up another thousand. Yeah. But the two ones, the the two ones that I've actioned yeah. have changed my life yeah. and put me in a place where I'm, I'm happy. It's really interesting because there's a chapter in the, the, the Tools of Titans mm. with James Altucher. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember this, but he talks about every day writing down 10 things, like 10 ideas. Mm. Just write them down. Mm. Ten, it could Get be as wild as just write them down. Mm. And it's that. It's like you may dream up or come up with something a thousand ideas. But there's, no, there's no shape. There's no, no charm in it. It's a good thing. Yeah. But you should then be able to explore those options and mm. you will eventually work out the thing Which that you will lead you down the line. 100%. Um, which is amazing. And then it's so a final, final question. Love it. What is your ultimate happiness goal? Oh, shit, the bed. That is, uh, that's a tough one. I would be able to love to look myself in the mirror and say that I provided the most value for my family, my friends, and said that I never, ever, I never, I do not want to get to the end of my life. I, okay, let me phrase it this way. If I've got to my dying day and know that I've made 95% of the, 
of the people that I've met, I've made their lives better. Yeah. I, th I think it's hard to say 100%. Because naturally, there's going to be a couple that something happened throughout yeah. outside of my control. If I can get to, to, to my deathbed and say, I know that 95% of the people I've met, I've had an impact on, a positive impact on, and I've made their lives better in some way, shape or form. 100%. At the end of the day, money can buy you things. But it's the people and the... the, the um, and the uh, the relationships that you have built that are long lasting, money mm. will go away. It, you know that will live on after you die. I don't want anyone to have. I don't want anyone to be able to say that guy didn't bring positive value to the world because that yeah. that would be devastating. Yeah. Yourself. Very similar, man. Very yeah. very similar. Yeah. yeah, I think you know I'm not going to steal the words out of your mouth, but pretty much exactly on the, mm. along the same lines. It's just providing as much value as possible positive value as possible mm. because even even like a simple smile or a thank you to a stranger or opening the door for someone you just don't know what impact that's going to have on the rest of that person's 100%. day or there's a thing that i really want to start doing which I'll, I'll, i'm going to start doing a bit more this year yeah. is buying the coffee for the person in the queue behind me that's awesome never heard that just 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 buy that person a coffee smile. and then you never know who it is or what and they might not have a conversation with them. They might just say thank you and they might have just turned their day around. Yeah. Like, why not? That's three quid. That's awesome. Do you know what I mean? So I like that. That's that, that kind of thing. You just never know what, what impact that little moment of positivity yeah. is having. No matter how small, how big, you just never know. And I think that's a really powerful thing is to just try and, for me, to try and spread that as much as possible. Beautiful. Mm. I like that. Um, cool, man. Well, look, thank you. Thank you, man. Um, I loved every this second. This has been of wicked. It. Um, loved it. So, before we officially sign out, can you let people know where they can find you online, how they can get down to the gym if they want to get down to the sure, gym? Yeah, man. And um, where they can listen to the podcast? Yeah, I mean, I. I got my my my, my Instagram is, is Hayden Elliot, um, and you can you can reach my podcast through that. It's, it, the link's always in my bio of my previous episode. Um, but yeah, I mean F forty five Oxford Circus, come on down. Um, it's a hell of a show. Um, hopefully in the new year, we'll have a you know we'll we'll have um, loads of noise going on around it. Um, and it's an exciting two thousand nineteen for that for sure. Uh, but yeah, that's it. But definitely listen to the inspiration space. Back question back at you, obviously. Yeah. Uh, go on, tell us where we find. It. I know you've got a personal Instagram account as well. Yes, yeah. is it it's quite connected to the? Yeah, podcast? kind of. Well, I kind of run more of stuff through my personal account just because mm. it became a lot easier and mm. it made more sense with the coaching side of things. So that's I am Alex Manzi on Twitter, Instagram. There is a Facebook page that exists that doesn't really get used too much, but there is some stuff on there. Uh, YouTube as well. Um, podcast you can just search dreamers disease or alex manzi on itunes spotify you know all of the kind of podcast platforms um and the best way to find out more about the coaching stuff is probably just to follow me on socials for now so i haven't really got anything in place yet in terms of um website but that's going to come when the time's right Brilliant. mate i've had a great time yeah man Thank me so too man it's been amazing thank oh, you soon do another one soon 100%. <laughs>so there we have it guys that was hayden's story and mine as well actually i really hope you enjoyed this episode i loved you know hayden's incredible energy and his zest for life and i think there's a lot that we can really take from that for all of us and as well you know his determination to come out from the other side of depression even stronger than before i think there's something really powerful in that particularly when things don't go our way and how we should view those situations 
So as ever, guys, you can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at I am Alex Manzi. And, you know, hit me up, ask me questions. If there's people you want to hear on the podcast, if there's subjects you're interested in me discussing, you know, I'm always there for conversation. So please hit me up and let me know. And as ever, thank you for listening. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your moment and for listening to this episode. But please make sure you go out there and chase your dreams. This podcast is produced by Unedited.